0: All sports, all the time. There's heroes
1: and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Packed with freaking Mahomes, baby. Now uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. To the spoken spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios, my guy Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo will be joining us momentarily. As you guys can imagine, this is a very busy time for everybody. Everyone's trying to get their Christmas shopping done. Everyone's trying to get their lives in order before the big day that is coming up, which is known as Christmas in these parts, or just another Chiefs game. Nevertheless, no, no, nevertheless, however you guys are listening, whether you're live streaming, you're broadcasting uh, live with us, you're, you're YouTubing, you're podcasting, I want to thank you so much for being with us, guys. This has been an incredible Ride incredible journey with us, man, and I just I just want to thank you guys because we literally wouldn't or couldn't do it without you. It's what makes it fun for all the camaraderie, all the communication, feedback that you guys give us. It is what makes this thing what it is. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, but I I have been really chomping at the bit. I know Trevor, we, we talked a little bit this week. Trevor and I have such insanely busy schedules and different schedules that sometimes we don't get to talk very much throughout the week. Even though we're brothers and uh, you know we, we, we see each other pretty much every day, we still don't get a chance to really talk about these things on the show. So it's, sometimes it's, it's very therapeutic for us to get these things off our chest to each other. There's Sometimes we have fresh thoughts, takes, and ideas that we haven't expressed to each other until it's on the show. So sometimes you guys are getting the intel and the insight at a very fresh version. We don't get to rehearse a lot of this stuff on our show. That's why we like to keep it that way. It's very authentic, very honest with you guys, the audience, the listening and the viewing audience um, about how Trevor and I feel about things. But I'm going to go ahead and assume that Trevor feels the same way I do. I've been really, really clamping and chomping at the bit to, to talk about not just the previous Chiefs game, not just the game before that one either, but the fact that the Chiefs have really, really handed out some merciless L's, not only to divisional foes, not only to three divisional opponents within an 11-day span, outscoring those divisional opponents, those three divisional opponents, by a score of 104-46. to But my God, have our guys over here in Kansas City, the Chiefs, El Jefes, Shut the fuck up on some people, man, in the, in the national media. They said silencio, por favor, boys and girls, because we came into this, this last, I would say, four or five game stretch with everybody coming up with, with some sort of narrative, some sort of belief that the Chiefs are 100% finished. And look, I'll, I'll go ahead and preface it now and say that there were times in the season where the Chiefs looked dead in the water. They had a losing record through seven weeks of the season. Of course they looked dead in the water. But the Chiefs started to win games. And when they started to do that, all of a sudden the shift went from they're dead in the water to, well, they're still dead in the water. They're just getting lucky in some of these games. Guys are going out with COVID, this, 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 this. Defense they haven't carrying you. Yeah, the defense isn't for real. They're just on this little hot streak. There's nothing really legitimate about the Chiefs to this point. They've lost their way. And then style points started to become the focus. It wasn't actual points. It wasn't actual wins. Instead, it was about the style of how they were getting it done. Well, they weren't winning impressively. Meanwhile, the Patriots have a quarterback who threw three fucking, three fucking passing t- attempts, wins a game on the road in Buffalo, and somehow they're the best team in the AFC. There's not a consistency here, and there's the reason why. Because not only are the Chiefs one of the most unique teams we have ever seen when it comes to how they're winning games, how they've been able to prolong what could be an actual dynasty if the Chiefs, in fact, get to the Super Bowl and win this Super Bowl, and that would be two Super Bowls in the last three years and have been to four straight, maybe five straight AFC championships, but it's also the fact that they have a quarterback that is as unique as we've ever seen as well. And Patrick Mahomes is finally starting to put these wins together, starting to put uh, impressive uh, performances together, and people don't want to handle it because he did struggle early this season. But now that the chiefs are in the in the absolute most pivotal time of the season where they're not only at the end of the season in December games where things really start to ramp up, but now they're starting to face divisional opponents on a more consistent basis and this was the most pivotal time in the chiefs season where they had not only as i let me let me reiterate this guys not only did they have three straight divisional games, they had them in less than two weeks. Do you understand how difficult that is to take on? Especially for a team like the Chiefs that have been to at least back-to-back Super Bowls and the season before that an AFC championship game that went into overtime. The Chiefs have played more football over the last four years than anyone else. They've played more games than anyone else. The Chiefs have played more meaningful games than anyone else. They have had more pressure and expectation, fair or unfair, on their shoulders than anyone else over these last four years. And they're still going out here and taking Ws on the road in big divisional games. The Chiefs have defeated all false narratives. And they did it with style, they did it ugly. They did it beautifully. They did it their way. I sound like Frank Sinatra right now, but they did it their way. And there's nothing left to say other than to give this team their flowers. Give them their praise. Is the season over, guys? No. But the Chiefs just took care of business in the biggest game of the season. We saw Chris Jones. We saw Mil- or, or, uh, 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 Logirious Sneed. We saw Willie Gay Jr., all be ruled out hours before the game. And we're sitting here going, well, the defense has been carrying the Chiefs, giving up about 11 points per game, three straight games of nine points exactly. They've been doing their job. Now the Chiefs offense, who has been very inconsistent throughout the duration of this season, they're going to have to go out there and do it. And they fucking did it. And it wasn't just the offense. It was the Clydesdales. It was the ones that you knew you needed to rely on. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, the ones you knew needed to have big games, all three had monstrous games. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, because I want to jump right into this one, Trevor. Mm -hmm. And I know Eddie's going to have his takes on this as well, but I I definitely wanted to jump out the gate just absolutely running, man. Because you know who got ran up? The Las Vegas Raiders. Now, we're in a very unique situation here on the, on the Spoken Podcast because we do a weekly show. And this is one of those unique weeks where when the Chiefs have a Thursday game, we have to talk about two games. And the beautiful thing about it was, not only did the Chiefs get to kind of coast into a, victor, or a, a short week against the Los, Los Angeles Chargers, but we did too. We're not going to have to sit here and break down a lot about that Raiders game. You know why? Because the Chiefs beat the living shit out of them. Early and often. I Once told again. Trevor, I told Trevor from the very beginning last week that I did not see any scenario where that was gonna be a game where the Chiefs struggled to win and win at will and score at well and do what they needed to do to get out and get early and get themselves mentally, emotionally, and physically prepared for the Los Angeles Chargers. We all knew it was gonna be a much tougher foe and it was gonna be a much bigger game. And that's what the Chiefs went and did. They absolutely crushed the Raiders and crushed them early. And my favorite part is something everyone knows about. It's nothing unfamiliar, but this is really honestly the biggest reason why I even want to bring this game up to begin with because it wasn't much of a game to really break down. It's the fact that the Raiders felt that they had right or or some sort of uh, uh, cloud or credence to come onto, onto Kansas City's, onto Arrowhead's field and dance on that logo. After all the shit that franchise has put themselves through, this season alone, John Gruden getting outed, outed as a blanketed racist, wherever you want to call it, gets fired. Henry Ruggs kills somebody driving absolutely insanely reckless and is now in prison. Uh, uh, David Damon Arnett gets himself literally fired from the team for threatening to kill somebody on IG Live. There have been so many problems on this team. And then they feel the nerve after getting blown out in their house just a few weeks before by this same Chiefs team to come into Arrowhead and dance on our logo. And the saddest part is one of their biggest, the highest paid veterans, Yannick Ngakwe, a newly acquired Yannick Ngakwe, came into there and, and rallied the troops. And then Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota go on the field and do the same things and then want to try to act like they weren't really a part of it being cowards and acting like, oh, well, it wasn't really our thing. You motherfuckers attended it. You know what else you guys attended it? I, I, I hide tanning. That's what fucking happened on that field on both sides of the ball. How sad is it? You go out there and dance on a logo, and the next fucking play is a rip six, as our guy Chris Broussard said on First Things First this week. A rip six from one Mike Hughes, who filled in the shoes of Lord Jerry Sneed. That game... Was the most fun game I have watched as a Chiefs fan since the AFC Championship beatdown the Chiefs put on the Bills a year ago. That was a game I think the Chiefs absolutely needed. Quite frankly, man, I think us Chiefs fans needed. Because it was a nice, relaxing Sunday, man, where noon kickoff. We're not used to that. We hadn't had a noon kickoff since week seven against the Titans. We all know how that shit show of a game went. And then you see with the way the Chiefs literally put what the Titans did to the Chiefs on the Raiders, and the Chiefs once again implemented themselves as the most dominating team in the AFC West and in the AFC on the Raiders. I had an absolute blast, Trevor. I know you got some quick thoughts on this one as well before we move to the Chargers game. What did you like? What did you take away from that Chiefs Raiders game? Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, as a
0: fan, uh, throughout the Chiefs Kingdom fan base, everyone kind of has their preferred rivalry. It's typically around, you know, no one really cares about the Chargers, but it's typically around the, between the, the, the Broncos and the Raiders. Me, personally, there's a lot of bad blood in my personal life with Raiders and Raiders fans. I don't get up for any Chiefs game more than I do Raiders week, especially a, a, it's a regular season game. Raider week is the biggest hyped-up week for me. Um, and it's and it's nice as of late um, to have put some emphasis on the, the stepchild that is the Raiders of the, the AFC West. Um, it's just a glorious sight, man, to see these guys go out there and try to hype themselves up and do whatever they can to get... To, uh, Give them an edge, but without knowing that that edge was just more bullets of material for Patrick Mahomes and this offense and this defense to go out there and just continue the dominance that they've been doing for the last six weeks. Um, yeah, man, that was a sight to see. The first play, Mike Hughes, the guy that you said filling in for LeJarrius Sneed, uh, is the one to force that fumble and, and to, you know take it to the crib. Um, yeah, I man, there's, there's nothing more pleasurable for me as a Chiefs fan, just to watch us absolutely just embarrass the Raiders. I don't care if it's Arrowhead or Arrowhead West. It just to I mean, we did it. We did it both locations this year. So that's been my highlight of this season for me. Is if I if I know we go two and zero against the Raiders and we do it in great fashion, man, I'm cool with that. We I, even when the Alex Smith years, he used to do it too against them. So that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as I mean, it was a total domination game from start to finish on both sides of the field. Uh, Pat didn't have to do much, and those are good games when Pat doesn't have to do much and he kind of just coast and you know. Uh, go on autopilot and just get in, get in, get out, clean and healthy. I'm cool with that. Uh, just play an efficient game, guide the ship. Their defense just completely did whatever they wanted to do against Derek Carr. Derek Carr was getting lit out there. Uh, <coughs> the fans were great. Um, they're bringing all that toxicity, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, man, it was – uh, you can, we can talk about every single aspect. I mean, special teams, everything was just on point. Uh, we, we were not losing that game. Set the tone early. And just rode, rode out that wave. So, overall, I mean, I was – like you said, it was fun. Yeah. And you were just sitting here just screaming and having fun, just,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> dapping each other up every five seconds because there was something we were doing. So Well, you know I don't sit down during Chiefs games. Yeah. That's a little rule I have. I was I was a uh, uh, – what was it? A uh, – it was a couple weeks ago we actually had some people over and they were I think I was making some people nervous cuz uh-huh. I'm standing behind everybody. But see, that was the one game where I really felt like, you know what? I could I could just sit down, chill out, man and have myself on. It was a very unique experience cuz as we all know, the Chiefs don't blow teams out very often. Yeah. But the part about it was again is the fact that the Chiefs they already had so much to play for in that game, not just, not just from seedings and standings-wise. LeGerius Sneed lost his brothers, we learned, as the show was developing last week. We knew we weren't going to have him uh, out there on the field. The Chiefs already had that rally cry for him, their brother. And then the, they the chief, the Raiders go out there and do that, and I'm just sitting here trying to figure out, Like, remember, remember the, I know you maybe not have watched a lot of 24, that show 24 with Jack Bauer. Wow. But something I always use when it comes to the Chiefs is a Jack Bauer analogy. I watched every single episode of 24. I not watch one. And it, it was, by the way, it was pulse-pounding, dude. It was very much fun. You're a big Kiefer Sutherland guy. You should definitely enjoy it. But anyway, the thing about it was when I watched that show, and there's like nine, ten seasons of it, was it, it, what got kind of irritating about it was how many times folks would doubt Jack Bauer. Where he would save the day... Every fucking episode. You don't and, say. Yeah, and then and then there was this always like this 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 point of emphasis where it's like, well, Jack Bauer can't do it or Jack Bauer's in cahoots with this, you know, uh, drug lord or some shit, and it always would end up being Jack saving himself from it him, from the narrative that people created for him, which was so unfair because he was a hero. The Chiefs, it's like because of the fact that sometimes they've well they all the time have set this bar so high for themselves since 2018 that if they don't win 48. To 29, it's not a real Chiefs win or it's not a good enough victory. It's never good enough because of what they've done. And people continually doubt them. And look, I'm not sitting here trying to exclude myself. I've been very critical on this team. But see, the standard is different with us because of the fact that we're expecting better from the chiefs from a winning and losing standpoint do i want to see the Chiefs go out there and score 40 a game yes that's more that's fun yeah it's a lot of fun but my if the chiefs are out there winning games and winning games that are important to what they're trying to do which is extend their super bowl trajectory how am i going to sit here and say i know the win counts but i'm not going to give it to them i'm not impressed like Guys, yeah. we, we we have said this so many times throughout this season. That's no different than taking a moral victory at a loss. Thank you. It's just the opposite side of it. it, it they're both bullshit. Yeah, yeah. We said this from the very beginning of the season, that we knew with a 17-game schedule, the Chiefs are going to be playing 17 Super Bowls because of the fact that the, whoever they're facing are looking at that game. Look at it like that. Look at the Bills. Maybe the best team the Chiefs have faced all season. Yeah. Maybe, right? They caught them at the worst time, and the Bills beat the brakes off the Chiefs. And what did the Bills do? They celebrated that like they fucking got to the Super Bowl. That was their Super Bowl. What have the Bills done since? The Ravens too, yeah. What have the Bills done since? They've gone three and five. You see this time and time again. These games against the Chiefs matter so much to these teams. And, and you see the way the Chiefs have to endure that each and every time. You saw in this Chargers game that we're about to talk to in just a sec- about, talk about in just a second. How much it took out of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to get that victory. Because they know that those teams are bringing their fucking A game every single week. The Chiefs cannot afford to go out there and play poorly. Because if they do, those teams can and will beat them. It isn't that those teams are better than them in the long run. It's the fact that it's an effort thing. And I'm not sitting here saying the Chiefs haven't given effort. But there was a real problem earlier this season that the Chiefs no longer have. They have pieces in the right place. I think there's a newfound confidence on the offensive side that even if they're not though, scoring 34 or 48 points like they did the week before, they're still finding themselves. And I think they did finally find it, man, because everyone kept saying, well, the Chiefs are only scoring big points on the Raiders. They just dropped 34 in L.A. against the Chargers. Yeah. What are people going to say about it now, Trev?
0: I mean, are we so are we jumping into the Chargers game? Let's man? do it. Okay, well, I mean I, I mean, I was going through a lot of different emotions and... Honestly, I've been saving up a lot of things during the season, uh, uh, you know. Especially as this defense is being progressing, I don't know if we found ourselves offensively yet. I, I mean, I think we know who we are. I just think there's certain individuals. I don't know if it's individuals or certain reasons we're holding this offense back a little bit because the defense is getting better. And I think, I think we should go the direct, the, the opposite direction of that because if our defense is that much better now. Um, I feel like we need to be that much more aggressive offensively. And when I made that post, and I was talking to you a little bit about when you got home from, about that, the Chargers game, which was a great game. Look, both teams are playing good ball right now. Both teams faced off. It was a nail-biter. Had to go to OT. We had to win in walk-off fashion. We'll touch on all that, all those details of the game. But uh, my biggest issue is just the lack of aggression early. I don't know why. Look, and I made a post, and whoever saw it, saw it. it got a good amount of likes. Um, and I just, it's just my honest opinion. I just think I don't think Patrick Mahomes is built to be a, a vanilla quarterback, and I think it hurts him and it hurts his brain and it makes him second guess himself when we give him those kind of scripts. I just don't think that's. Look, I understand you. You even said like we need to rein him in sometimes, reel him in sometimes. I understand that. Let's do that when we're up by twenty. Let's do that a little bit when we're up by twenty twenty five points because when this defense is playing that much better, that puts that much and we're aggressively scoring points on teams. That puts that much more pressure on the opposition to have to keep up and that's when they start to make mistakes. Because that's what we are doing against the Bills. That's what we are doing. We we're we we're real we uh, uh scrambling trying to make points again we turn turning the ball over four times against the Chargers. You know what I mean? So, and we weren't and it's not like Pats out here. It, Pats never been a turnover machine. And it's only ironically it's been this year when we've been trying to play more you know, uh, uh, a vanilla offense and try to like reel him in a little bit and not let him work as much and do his individual. only latent games when we absolutely have to, like this Chargers game. They let Pat just, you kind of saw, the offense was just different. They let Pat just kind of work. He started to run. He started to scramble more and roll out. That's what makes Pat great. Granted, I don't, I don't want him to do that at all times, but, I mean, when we need him the most, Pat always shows up, right? So I just feel like we should let him be that, Pretty much from start the start of the game, and then you know we'll figure out defensively. Let our defense because that's a, I just think it's going the wrong way. It's looking at it the wrong way when our defense has gotten gotten this much better. Oh, let's you know let's get our points where we get them. Let's kick field goals. No, I think that's I think it's for me. I can see that it was it was irritating Patrick Mahomes that he wanted to kind of go out there like the only time we scored before Pat actually went nuclear in that game late was the Michael Burton drive. Mm. Where we got him involved, and the Chargers were not expecting that. that was obviously an Andy Reid dr- drawn-up drive. It was a beautiful drive. We went from end zone to end zone. But we got a, those two biggest plays of that drive were were uh, Michael Burton.
1: Look who arrives right as Trevor's cooking. Our guy, Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, drops in. He's uh, had himself a busy busy morning, and as I, I said at the beginning of the show, man, like, look, this is the way of, the, of this time of the year. We got stuff going on nonstop. Eddie's a busy man. How we doing today? How we doing today, Ed? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about you guys? Uh, we just uh, we basically trick. just we what we did is we dropped our quick thoughts on the Raiders uh, Chiefs game, which there wasn't really much to take over over than like I said about my my love way. for Yannick Ngakwe dancing a little, giving the Chiefs even more fuel to the fire. Trevor just started cooking on the Chiefs Chargers game, but I definitely wanted real quick. Get your thoughts, your takeaways on what you saw from the Chiefs-Raiders game and then bring you into the Chiefs-Chargers game. Look, man, uh, you said it, uh, adding, adding uh, fuel to the fire. Uh, I think the Chiefs uh, were already uh,
2: pretty fired up from what happened last year, obviously. <coughs> yeah. Obviously, having them uh, go around your stadium in a bus, you know, doing a victory lap pretty much, kind of filled up the, the Chiefs in a way. And obviously the pregame ritual that the Raiders did at Arrowhead kind of fueled up that fire even more. Therefore, the Chiefs came out came out sling. Uh First first play of the game, fumble, uh, fumble for a uh, for 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 a touchdown. Yeah,
0: defense set the tone, man. Defense, yeah, exactly. Five turnovers is incredible, man.
2: The defense went in there with with the uh, we're gonna we're gonna fucking win and we're gonna like destroy you. Uh, so, uh, Patrick Mahomes had a had a had a good game. Uh, obviously, the weapons had a good game. Uh, it was nice seeing Josh Gordon finally get that touchdown. You know, kind of get that dust off. Kind of, kind of get that feeling, of uh, got of it a right touchdown. before right before he got COVID. Right, yeah, right before COVID. <laughs> but hopefully that helps him helps him out. Help help us uh, in the home stretch. Uh, obviously reaching almost the playoff time. Uh, hopefully he can start getting hot. You know, hopefully that touchdown like I dust a little bit of dust off. Mm. So yeah, uh, defense wise, man just a fucking bloodbath out there. Chris Jones phenomenal, Mark Ingram, the addition of Mark Ingram. I know a lot of people have talked about it, but man, we can't talk about it enough. Right. It, it it's what changed this defense. This defense was missing a piece and we didn't know what it was. Once Melvin Ingram came in, we we knew that that was the final piece to the puzzle. Yeah. So the way they performed against the Raiders, the way they pressure uh, Derek Carr I think it was 12 of his tw- uh, 12 of 22 dropbacks in the first half the most ever he's ever been pressured
1: Chris Jones had so, 10 quarterback pressures at
2: half at, at half yeah that's so just it's, absurd it, it's fucking insane Frank Clark was doing this thing Martin Melvin Ingram was doing this thing man it was just fucking awesome to see so Overall, I thought it was a good game for the Chiefs. On, um, I guess. And
1: I'm was. glad you brought up Josh Gordon because I want I do want to say that. I hate to yeah, keep to bouncing back it. and forth in the games, but this is how crazy it is when you have a Thursday night game to recap the next week after you already had a game to recap. Yeah. But I, I do love the fact, and I and I made a big post on this on the spoken as well on Facebook and on Twitter that I was somebody that came into this Josh Gordon experiment going I have zero expectations. I don't think he's a good football player anymore. I still have those reservations, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm happy for the man because of what he's gone through and seeing him get that touchdown. I know that she's clearly manufactured that for him. And it was a house money kind of game because you're already up by six touchdowns. Why not kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so I get it, but I love the fact that happened. And I'm with you, Eddie. I hope there is something that builds from that. I hate the fact he caught COVID literally like 24 hours after doing that. That's what I wanted
0: him to
2: be used for. He
1: caught a touchdown in COVID within 24 hours. He has the hype to where Mahomes can throw those those high balls for him to get. And so, and and, and another thing I brought up before we got really into this, and I just could not wait, I've been chomping at the bit for this all week long, is the fact that the Chiefs just just did something I've never seen a team do, which was win three straight divisional games within an 11-day period, and not just beat them, but beat those teams 104 to 46 like that is unbelievably impressive for what the Chiefs have done especially when they have all the pressure they've had over the last four years. They've played more games than anybody over the last four years. They've had bigger games than anyone over the last four years. For them to still do what they're doing is nothing short of oppressive. And I'm sick and tired of these narratives that are coming against this team because the Chargers game, to me, proved that more about what the Chiefs really are and how what grit they have than the Raiders game. And the reason being oh, is sure. because everyone has been hyping the Chargers up for years and years and years, and this season more than ever, because Justin Herbert is a legitimate franchise quarterback, a stunning Something a that. Yeah. And that was the narrative that started to come out. And then you see Patrick Mahomes come into this game and absolutely struggle. We knew before the game started the Chiefs were going to be without Chris Jones, who just had a monstrous game, maybe the best game of his career against the Raiders. You had Josh Gordon out, who just had the best game as a Chief by far, literally doubled up his touchdowns and receptions within one game with against the Raiders. And then you lose Lejarius Sneed for back-to-back weeks. Yeah, we're our, gay, really gay, not to game. mention
0: three of our best defensive players. <clears throat> yes, three of the our, most best our best defensive yes. linemen, our best corner. Raw and you're, you're relying then like back on
1: Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen, <laughs> yeah. Nick Bolton, a rookie rookie. A linebacker uh, who's been very good this season, ends up having a great game. I think he had 14 tackles.
0: He had 10 tackles, tackles. but I think two were uh, in the backfield.
1: I I think it was where he had 14 tackles. he had that that batted ball. He had two two batted balls,
0: that one that led to the interception. He was was all over the place, man. He was making good tackles, that breakup uh, play on Jared Cook. Oh, he, he had, all over he had 10
1: solo tackles, yeah. four assists, okay. So 14 total. But yes, yeah. the point is,
0: He's all over the place. is that
1: the Chiefs came into this game, hobbled. And now, now the Chargers didn't have Asante Samuel. They didn't have Sean Slater. Yeah. Those are two big losses for them on both and sides Durbin of the James ball. Derwin James, James was order. he was yeah. already banged up. Austin Eckler was banged up. So both teams were very banged up. But see, that's usually the story every single season at this time of the year. Everyone's dealing with some serious injuries, things of that nature. Chiefs have actually been very lucky at the in the injury column and in the COVID column. So this was new for the Chiefs. But see, with all the pressure mounting, with the fact that this game was literally a swing game, Chargers win this game, they sweep the Chiefs, have the inside track to win the division with the easier schedule remaining. The, the Chargers had all the momentum really carrying their way. even though the Chiefs were on a six-game winning streak. They had all the expectations on the Chiefs to win the game. So the pressure was on the Chiefs. The Chargers are playing with house money. Everyone's hyping up Justin Herbert. Everyone's saying the Chargers are next. They've caught up with the Chiefs. That Justin Herbert's caught up with Patrick Mahomes because of the numbers, numbers uh, similarities, all these things. And then Patrick comes in this game. Chiefs are up 10 points. And we're thinking, oh, the Chiefs are going to blow out the Chargers. They're, they're playing really well defensively. They forced a turnover on Justin Herbert. Everyone's cl- Everything's clicking. And the Chiefs start to go right back into their offensive woes. And we're all thinking, fuck, here we fucking go again. And we don't have the defense this time to, to, to rally us around because we're missing three key starters. The Chargers are running, the gashing us in the run game. Doesn't even matter who's running the ball. They're running all over the Chiefs. It's starting to look like one of those games again. And then what happens? And I know I'm skimming over a lot and we can retrace our steps and everything, but I want to get to the meat of it. I want to get to the meat of why this Chiefs team is going to win this Super Bowl this season. And why I'm very confident they're going to go through the AFC, run through the AFC, and win and beat whoever they face in the NFC. For that exact reason, those last five, three drives. If the Chiefs would have won this game in regulation with everyone healthy, I would still feel this way. But there'd be like, well, Lance, of course, they had all the healthy guys and they were missing Rashawn Slater. There'd be that narrative. But see, the Chiefs went in there just as shorthanded. And everyone's talking about how the Chargers are the ones that shot themselves in the foot in this game. No, it was the Chiefs. Because everyone's talking about how the Chargers went for too many fourth downs. I actually loved that. If I was the, the single Charger fan in this world, I would be the one very happy about the Chargers doing that. Because you know what that's doing? That's, set, that's setting a precedent that you don't let the Chiefs beat you. You're going to dictate who's winning this game. Yeah. They went for every fucking fourth down they except the, of the, the, the PAT. They, they went for the PAT, they which it, was dumb. They did it last time they beat it. Yes. Yeah. They go for the fourth downs because they're not letting the Chiefs. They're not going to sit here and say, we're going to rely on field goals to beat the Chiefs. Because they knew that eventually Patrick Mahomes offense was going to come alive. And what? Happened at the end. The Chiefs have three drives in fourth quarter in overtime. Three consecutive of 75 yards or more. And they're all touchdowns. In fact, Patrick Mahomes put those three drives together in less than eight minutes. Was it 11 11 of 17 for 200 yards and three touchdowns. He did not have a good game. The first three quarters, three and a half. Quarters, of the game. Patrick was not good. No. Nope. He was very, very conservative. He looked lost. Two the McCall Hartman throw where he literally buried at six feet under Yikes. was inexcusable. Yeah. I was unbelievably pissed. I wanted to throw my phone through a fucking TV. Yeah. But just as we start to sit here and think, this team's done, you know what that game reminded me of real quick, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this game because I was I think this like I said, this game mattered to me more than the Raiders won. This game reminded me of the of the 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 Chiefs Super Bowl victory over the forty hmm yeah, They were dead in the water. They're down in the fourth quarter. Couldn't You're thinking the, the game's over. Minutes left. Mm-hmm. Minutes left. And then what do you see? The same Chiefs that we know is inside these guys that have been missing for the majority of this season come alive and reclaim their throne. That is literally what happened in the 49ers Super Bowl. and Super Bowl, what, the 40, uh, 50, 54. And then in this game against the Chargers. Where everyone's hyping this new quarterback up. And Jimmy G was getting this praise about, oh, he, he outperformed Patrick Mahomes in that game. Damian Williams should have won Super Bowl MVP. But who's the one that put the stamp on it? It's amazing what what we're seeing here, guys, because we talk about trios in NFL history, about Troy Aikman and, and Michael Irvin and Emmitt Smith and uh, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, and Gronk, and all these other great trios we've seen throughout the league. Walsh and Joe Montana and these guys. What about this trio, man? We're seeing a trio where Patrick Mahomes and, and, or Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are the only duo currently in the NFL that have 1,000-yard seasons. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey is now on his sixth consecutive 1,000-receiving-yard season. Tyreek Hill is having one of the most historic five-year runs in the history of football. Maybe outside of Jerry Rice and Antonio Brown, we've seen anything like this. What 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 Tyreek Hill is doing is simply unbelievable. And again, without three key defenders, the Chiefs' defense... Held the Chargers on three fourth fourth uh, fourth down uh, conversions. Mm-hmm. Shut yes. them down. At the end of the first half, they were about to go up what tw- was it twenty to ten? Twenty to
0: yeah.
1: ten. Yeah, yeah. And Dan Sorensen, of all people, the, or, deflects or, yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden the Chiefs are only down three points with the ball coming back to them. Now things didn't go well, like I said. Their offense really could have almost put sorry, that Yeah, ball. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the, so the Chiefs are sitting here feeling really good about themselves. Offense continues to clunk. Defense continues to stop them. Clunk, clunk, clunk. And just when you think it's dead and over, they do the Undertaker. They get out of that fucking casket, man. The eyes start to roll around, and you see who we knew them to be, the Super Bowl champions. I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. This game proved it to me. Eddie, I want to start with you. What was your takeaways from this Chargers game? Because Trevor actually made some really good points, and I want to revisit those as well. But, like, definitely be your thoughts on this game, Wait, Eddie. Hey man, real quick. Uh you said the chiefs
2: you, you pretty much said that the chiefs won this game but in my opinion I think the chargers lost this game why because they left points on the, on the, on the field yes the, the defense uh, the chiefs defense made those crucial stops on fourth down and I'll, I'll give them credit for that but at that at that point you don't have to go for every fourth down why because this chiefs team is not the 2020 chiefs team this offense does not scare me if i if i'm a, if i'm a head coach this this chiefs team does not scare me i'm not ter- i'm not uh, terrified of them I get points, whatever points I can have. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and go for every fourth down. I, I think that's where the mistake was for the Chargers because they could have went up. Uh, they could have had uh, extra nine points if had they gone for field goals in those. Was it like fourth and one, fourth and three, and I can't remember what the other one was. But take the points, take take what they give you because if this Chiefs team, what has what has what have this Chiefs. Chiefs team proven this season so far that you can beat them with field goals. So take the field goals. Take those points. Uh, put the pressure on the offense. You know the offense is not clicking. You know the offense is struggling. They've shown it this game throughout the first three quarters. Fourth quarter is when they really, really popped off because they had to. Uh, I, I think the Chargers kind of, you know, said, okay, we got it in the pocket. I think, well, we're just going to do this and this and this, and we'll, we'll take the W. Obviously, that didn't work out as uh, as planned. So I think the Chargers kind of shot themselves in the foot on this game. I think the Chargers had every possible scenario to win this game, and they they,
1: they blew it. I'm going to reply to that real quick. I'm, I definitely want to reply to that because there's a couple things. One, I understand where you're coming from on that because you do think, okay, you want to take the sure points. But something Brandon said that has been echoed by so no. many former players is... I want to give my team the opportunity of winning these games. There's not going to be a single player on that team that felt that they lost that game or that their coach failed them. They failed from executing the plays. So it's no different than if they failed to execute on third down. It's the same thing. The- so what I'm what I'm saying is is that the, you have to give the Chiefs some credit here because What the Chargers did is they realized, because they're divisional foes, what that offense can and will do. So what they did is they said, if we convert these fourth downs, we're for sure winning this game. We kick these field goals, this Chiefs offense comes alive, all of a sudden we're trading threes for sevens. And that's what happened. That's why they lost the game, because the Chiefs came alive. Not because they didn't convert the fourth downs.
2: They, they, They lost because they couldn't convert. They lost because they couldn't execute to what they wanted to do. Yeah, but
0: that but I, I can't. I give
2: can't that, say it, I'm gonna can't give that it,
1: praise I, to the Chiefs defense. That's what I'm saying. When did you start giving the credit no, to the that, Chiefs? That, that's our,
2: yeah, the Chiefs defense—they right. did great for stopping them. But at the same time, you take the points. You take the points that they give you. But, because, but you
1: have a hobbled defense you're facing. You gotta remember: no Chris Jones, no Ligeria Steen, no Willie I, Gay. I get, you get, should you, go for those fourth downs. I get it. That's how the Ravens beat the Chiefs. I get it.
2: But if you saw if you saw on those uh, three uh, three turnover on downs uh, on the fourth and goals. They went for the pass instead of for the run. I I don't know why why the Chargers would do that. If they knew that the run was even mm-hmm. Eckler, Eckler did a fourth, uh, a fourth. Uh, so there was
1: really the play calling, not necessarily play. going on fourth exactly. down. That you had a problem, it, with. yes, okay.
2: Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying that the, the the Chargers beat themselves. They shot themselves on the foot because they knew that they can run through this defense like it was nothing. But the second part, they, part I wanted to, they, they almost put up 200 yards rushing. Yeah. Therefore, you can just. I agree with that. I do Echler, agree with that. Eckler did, uh, did a phenomenal job. The only run he had in the uh, in the end zone, uh and in, in the red zone. And he but here, here's, here's and so,
1: I want to go to Trevor real quick before I say this. But here's another part I wanted to come to, come at you about the, the take you had about how the Chargers lost this game. It's also the fact that the Chiefs, again, as I said just a minute ago, the Chiefs came out of the gate 10-0. So this, if this anything, game, this game the Chiefs are the one that that should have lost the game technically, as far as who shot themselves in the foot. Everyone's sitting here saying on on national on the national platform that the Chargers lost the game. But I disagree because the Chiefs are the ones that came out with a double-digit lead. No, right. so so it was really the Chiefs, the Chiefs were that were trying, losing the, the game. The
0: Chiefs were trying to give the Chargers the game. Patrick Mahomes turned it over and immediately gave, and they immediately scored a touchdown. Right away, right. because he gave the ball to them on the five yard line. If they didn't score that touchdown, after the defense held the Chargers close. on fourth down. This game's not close if they if he doesn't give them that touchdown. Right. He threw a pick on the five, and then they immediately scored Austin Eckler. So it was really that's, the Chiefs. That's us trying to handle well, the win, and we still overcame that. Yeah. That's the Chiefs winning the game. Yeah,
1: no, I, 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 I totally to agree. I, get, I, get I, I, mean, I agree with you on the play calling aspect. Yeah, yeah, if they'd have kept running the ball, I think they're converting those fourth but downs. Like four if, if,
0: if, if the Chargers convert those fourth downs, we're not talking about, the, and then the Chiefs still win. That's, the Chiefs win. And the Chiefs America, are winning them. But yeah, it's me, the, the Chargers failed themselves. Yeah, to,
2: I, that's that's what I'm saying. That the but, Chargers lost because they fell they fell to what they were they were doing. I get that they're putting respect on who is in the opposite side. Patrick Mahomes deserves that respect yeah. because he's earned that respect. But at the same time, you got you got to stay with the present. You can't stay with the past. 2020 happened already. 20, 2019 Super Bowl champions happened already. We're in 2021. If anything, this D, this Chiefs team has showed us is that this offense is not who they are or who they can be this season. They literally Therefore, just
0: showed us that last no, time, but yeah. We're yeah,
2: second in the league in points right the, now, in, in fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. But but, but what I'm saying is, throughout this whole entire season, the main focus has been the offense has not been clicking. Yes, they click in, 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 in the Spurts. most crucial parts. Yeah. But... You can't be afraid of a team that only clicks, clicks at a certain time of the game. Why? Because you can put them away, and they're not gonna catch yeah. up. And I think that's what the Chargers felt. That they felt that getting the points that they could get, uh, get get the field goals if you can. This team, this this Chiefs team, it is beatable, and I, I think that's why the Chargers failed. At, at, at winning things, and uh, that's why I think they lost the game. Yeah,
0: I mean it's easy to play the the you know the Monday morning quarterback and decide. I, I'm giving the defense, the Chiefs defense, a lot of kudos for overcoming the the lack of um, starters we had out there. I think I think what the Chiefs did, I think we forced the Chargers to play a run-heavy offense, and that's and they and they, and they bit into it. You know, I think we played, we had guys deep. We played a lot of cover two deep safeties. Uh, which is why Tyron didn't have a big game because Tyron was not really involved with a lot of the scrum and the blitzes. They had Tyron back a lot of the game. We took away those deep balls for the most part. They got a couple in there because you know the Mike Williams guys like that are great. They're huge, um, so they're going to get a couple. But they ran the ball like eighty percent of the time. And then we were honestly, it was a very bend don't break defense. And I felt our defense kind of let them play into what we wanted. Because when things got tight and they wanted to go four on fourth, then we buckled down. Then we blitzed at the end of the game when we were they were on their heels. We were blitzing the shit out of Herbert. We were making him very uncomfortable. Herbert didn't have a very good game at all. He took advantage of some good posi- field position that he got put into immediately off the first. Uh, uh, and he couldn't even score on that first uh, kick return. And then Pat gives him the ball, and then they run the ball in. So, like, Herbert didn't do anything special in my mind. There was a couple good throws, obviously. He's, he's going to have those. But <laughs> overall, I've I, I, I given this defense, this Chiefs defense, a lot of credit, man.
3: So, it was
2: it? You, know, the, you said the, the kick return. Yeah. Yeah. I, Unfortunately, back-to-back plays, two of the Chargers players got hurt. Um, and then and the, second one, the, the second one was uh, the fucking drop where yeah, he the Yeah, we dealt himself. with that ourselves, man. That's yeah, part so, of the game. Yeah. Th- th- but but I'm saying that's six points that obviously she sure. wasn't able to hold down.
0: Yeah, and we threw a McColl Hardman touchdown into the dirt. You know, that's part yes, of the game. So, like exactly, like yes, There was so. give and take on both sides. But I, I my biggest problem, my biggest issue was the offense of the Chiefs. I think we should have blown them out. I really do. I think we should have blown them out. There was no business giving that, that yes. ball on the five-yard line. Pat should never turn that over. That was ridiculous. Pat should have had an extra touchdown on the board when McColl Hardman. We should have blew these guys out by 20. Yeah, we, we Talking about them leaving field goals on and the board. And that's on, actually on on the, They left field goals
1: uh, on the board. We left touchdowns And that's why I, I wanted to segue over because Trevor was saying something as you arrived, team. Eddie. We were the better team. That, that I actually... I find very interesting. I think that's actually the most interesting uh, aspect to the entire conversation about this game and about the Chiefs moving forward is how exactly they, they go about allowing or not allowing Patrick to play. Yes. And what I mean by that is, and I don't want to take Trevor's thunder because I actually would no, like for it. you, if you want to reheat that take, no, man, you go right the hell ahead. a lot
0: to go into it. Because
1: I like the fact that what you, you brought up, Trevor, is something that actually saved the Chiefs in this game. Because I'm actually more on your side on this. I actually think that that was the Chiefs' game to lose and to win. Because, again, when you set a 10-0 lead, you're setting the pace for you to win that game. And you should handle and dictate how that game goes from that point on. But the Chiefs couldn't get the run game going. They turned the ball over two times in the middle of that game. There was a lot of issues the Chiefs allowed, like Trevor said, was literally trying to give that game to the Chargers. Mm. And then the Chiefs go in there and ignite offensively. And they just look like two completely different teams in two different tiers. As good as the Chargers were, when the Chiefs clicked offensively, there was nobody in the NFL that's beating that team. That's why I said that was the. It wasn't that the, the Char- Chargers did shoot themselves in the foot. I agree with you, but it was execution, not decision making.
2: Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's just. I'm just
1: saying. That's what I'm saying. That's I why. Would,
2: I, I would go for the fourth and one. Th- that That's fine. Because they did that the already. Downs, but it's just the execution of the plate. I, I think if they would have ran the ball instead of like trying to pat, I don't know why. Uh, but we had stack boxes. We that, were stacking the box against the run. I get
0: it, man. And a turnover on the goal and, line when yeah, they dove yeah. into the end zone. Yeah, when they so. try to run it and the goal line, we no, have turned we, the ball We talk over. about
2: the two turnovers that the Chiefs have, two, three turnovers, but that the Chargers, I believe, had five turnovers that game.
1: Uh, I think it was Three. It was a fumble, a fumble, fumble, interception for her. The two uh, fourth and uh, oh, you yeah, oh, he's doing total. I'm total, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. turnover on downs. downs. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah Three, so three fourth downs they did not execute on. Yeah, there are so two think, of five. I think. I
2: think they had five turnovers that yeah. game. So no, you're correct. You're correct. So I, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying.
1: And that's what I'm saying. But you have to, like I said, where do like where do we draw the line? From giving the Chiefs credit and saying the Chargers lost because that's where I again I think that's where Trevor's point comes in about letting Patrick Mahomes play more of an aggressive style because when you saw Patrick playing the way he's comfortable, the offense could not be stopped.
2: And, and like I said on the text group, like I yeah. get, I get, I get what he's saying on, uh, as the aggressive, but that was towards the fourth quarter after they were playing that that conservative football style because that led to the the the, the Chargers putting, like closing in the. Uh, closing the gap, then to to the to the receivers to everything, allowing Tyreek Hill to do his routes, Travis Kelsey to get open, and having those uh, twenty yards, fifteen yards, uh, and then obviously the the Travis Kelsey winning touchdown. So I, I think playing conservative allowed for the game to for the game to open towards the end, which I think it's a wonderful thing that the Chiefs do. I, I think they should do that every game, to where they play conservative, force the team to kind of close the gap. And then towards the end, just fucking explode and be aggressive.
0: Or, now that our defense is actually playing good football, be aggressive as hell offensively. Take more chances offensively. Let Pat be himself now and not have to reel him in. If you do that, that puts that much more pressure on the other team to have to chase your points. And that's what made 2019 so great because Pat did not have to get reeled in. They let Pat go work. That defense got better as the year went on, just like it's getting better, even better at this point than 2019 ever was. And now our defense can go out there and pin their their nose, pin their ears back, and get after the opposing because They know they they're going to be pressing.
2: But but then you can come Pat's b-
0: struggling because no, we're trying to take away certain no, things that he does.
2: And I get it. But then you can you can come back and say at the beginning of the season they were being aggressive. The Chiefs wanted to be aggressive for the first five six weeks. And fuck why seven did we, weeks. Why did, but why did we feel we the just, need to do that? We just kept turning the ball over, turning the ball over, turning, turning, turning. To, because, it our, led defense, to a more because our defense was bad. But then it led to a more conservative play, uh, playing you style. You need to be more
0: conservative when your defense is terrible. Because you want to keep the ball in your possession as long as possible. Because you know you're going to go, go give it up. Now that our defense is being great, see, I think that, that mindset should be flipped. We should be more aggressive offensively because we know our defense is going to go get after these teams. And the teams are more prone to make mistakes when they're pressing. That's why Patton, well, obviously I'm not going to put all the turn, early turnovers in this year. And the turnovers... Obviously, last the last the this last game, we're, we're kind of on Pat. There was a couple bad. That was a bad fumble. If you want to call it a fumble or not, but that interception was unacceptable. But a lot of the early tip passes and the, the things that happened and the, the way the offense was scrambling, no. we were trying to make Pat play but, this, this prototypical Alex Smithian type of offense, and it doesn't work for him. It just doesn't work for him. Gotcha. I just don't think so. I think that makes him second-guess himself. When he can play free – there's not a scarier player in the NFL when Pat's playing free, backyard-style football. That's what makes him great. That's what makes the, the likes of Brett Favre great, Aaron Rodgers great, these off-script quarterbacks. That is the most scariest thing. When a quarterback is great off-script, and the play breaks down, and, you, and your blitz doesn't get there, you're fucked, especially against Patrick Mahomes.
1: And what I wanted to say in response, Trevor, to your take about the aggressiveness is um this is such a—it's—it's it's so weird how this has become a nuanced conversation because I think coming into the season, the thought of not having Patrick Holmes being aggressive would be so outlandish. It would be absurd to think that you'd want to play an offense where it is more conservative or you yeah. want to do things that are different than what you know you're accustomed to seeing from Patrick since 2018. Mm-hmm. But I think there's truth to a little bit of both of what you guys are saying because of the fact that That's I not think black and white. There's context yeah. to the matchup. Yeah. So for instance, okay, you're going against the Raiders. You do not go in there with a conservative style of, of offense. Oh, You're going to yeah. chuck the ball all over the field, play old school uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes vintage football where he's right. just chucking all the field. We saw that in both uh, Raiders games. But against the Chargers, even though they don't have a good defense, they've been playing better defense, mm-hmm. but. With that kind of defense, you want to have more of a balanced attack. And I think Eddie made a good point about that, about how you want to bring the defense in, with, especially with safety play like they have with Derwin James. Uh-huh. You want to bring him in and bait him in a little bit with the run style, the quick screens like they were utilizing a lot early in that game. Yeah. And then let Patrick eat them alive with Tyree Kill's awesome off-script route runnings like he I was doing. I want to doing. see
0: more no huddle. I want to
1: see more press, right.
0: you know, like the offense getting out there and just like the, A lot of motion, moving guys around. The yeah, one that's...
1: consistent thing that the Chiefs need to start doing with the offense is getting the ball to Travis Kelsey early. And why I say yeah. that, I know that sounds like, well, no shit, quick slants, but it has difficult for them to get the ball to Travis because the defense has been mugging him. So what I said, I was talking to Clay Winler during the game. Our producer Clay Winler, an owner of Red Tribe Cinema, I, there was something I said in this ga- about this game at half that I said I wanted the Chiefs to start doing more was utilizing uh, 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 Travis Kelsey the way they did against the Raiders in the first game in Week 10. He was lined up in H-back in shotgun formation, right? And it looked like he was going to be chip help. He looked like he was just going to be there to help protect Patrick and extend the drive. And then he would pop out on these little bubbles, and if nothing was working, you dump it off to him and let him try to create something, and you get the the, the guards center and tackles out there in front of him and let him try to create. And what do you know? In that second half against the Triggers, especially in that fourth quarter and overtime, you saw Travis Kelsey line up in H back a couple times, and what happened? You saw Travis, you saw Patrick t- 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 uh, dump off, dink and dunk a little bit. So those are aggressive plays, but in yeah. a different way yeah, because yeah. you're having your I'm tight not saying end set for 40 yard bomb. throw bombs so, every no, time. No, aggressive saying, is not that. So it's context because it's really going to come down to yeah. how the defense plays you. Because if you're playing cover two, yeah, you'll yeah. be damned if Patrick Holmes is out there chucking the ball 25 yards yeah, in the that, air. That, that, yeah. So that's but why was,
2: that's why I like a little conservative because. I think when when the Chiefs get played uh, with the cover two, it, it kind of forces them yeah. to be conservative in a way. But at the same time, they can be aggressive in the conservative way.
0: And to Trevor's point, that's that's, that's my point. I'm not I'm not and, simplifying yeah. it to like oh just go score points. Yeah, yeah you know what yeah. I mean that's not because because
1: to, to your point, yeah. look how masterful it was when Patrick Mahomes was doing what he was doing at the end of the game, where he's chucking the ball over the damn field, and the Chargers were just simply worn out on the yeah. defensive side. They did not have they the were bodies shook to in that fourth it. quarter yeah. in overtime. Dude. And here's the best part. The game ending, the the, the walk off hit was Travis Kelsey, you know, running the ball over the field right, playing flag okay. football out there. Patrick Mahomes threw that ball six yards in the air. Yeah, that wasn't a big humongous throw. Patrick literally baited the defense because Clyde was over there to the left. He baited him, looked like he was going to throw it to him, and then just dumped it off to Travis. And Travis just did what he does. Yeah, and that's what that that is when the Chiefs are at their utmost uh, best in, on offense because. I love seeing Patrick throw the ball sixty yards in the air, and tyreek's just running down the sideline, grabs yeah. it, and it's a touchdown. Those are great plays, but the best plays usually always end up being the ones where Patrick throws the ball five, ten yards in the air, and he lets their guys create Get in, in the space. The McCole yeah. Hardman started to become an effective player. He would have had two touchdowns Shoot, in the last game. couple of weeks. we been getting our running backs. Williams yes. and Clyde
0: both have been eating in the past. Look,
1: game. that's why. That's it's why I so told gentle. you guys from the very beginning when this this big emphasis of getting a wide receiver too. To me, was overblown. Not that I wouldn't welcome it, but it's not the end all be all for this offense because of the fact you're seeing guys getting open in space. You hit them, they catch the ball because again, the Chiefs still lead the league in drop passes. Yeah. If they don't drop the ball and Patrick is hitting these guys in space, there is no one stopping this offense, no matter how what style of offense they're playing. But like 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 for me,
0: like my examples are like the, the 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 Packers game, the Washington game, the Giants game. There was drive after drive you knew we were going out there just to milk clock, maybe get a field goal. It did not feel like we were going out there trying to score touchdowns. That's my biggest beef. Like our defense, yeah, we knew our defense was owning that game. I don't I'm not I don't like wasting offensive possessions and I know that irritates Pat. I can see it, man. When I'm watching Pat in those games, he wants to score, but I feel like someone's in his ear like, "You know what? Just you know, just, you know, get, you know, chunk plays every once in a while. Let's run the ball. Let's go milk this clock. Let's get in. Let's get out. Let's get our field goals winning and get, take what the de- defense gives you. Sometimes you don't have to take what the defense gives you. Sometimes you can go give something to the defense, right? And they have to react. Yep. Not the other way around. It doesn't always, dude, we've seen this so many times in the past years with Patrick Mahomes. It didn't matter what defense was being played. Pat moved around, extended plays, made things happen, and the 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 connection between him and Tyreek and the connection between him and uh, uh um, Travis Kelsey when the plays break down and the defenders gotta freak out and try to stay with those two guys, they don't know where they're going. That's when the greatest plays in this offense happen. That's what happened in the Chargers game, right? It, th- that's what I want to see more. I want to see a little bit. I'm not saying off script all the time, but let Pat kind of, you know, stir the pot a little bit and, you know, work his magic, because that's when he's the best. I feel like if we try to like make Pat this. Even in, in times, it, I get it. You want to reel them in at times, to, depending on the game script. If we're up, you know, twenty plus points, I feel like that's fine. You want to try to get a little more run heavy, whatever. But I feel like we need to be. I want to see more aggressive starts to games, instead of you know trying to play like we had that ten point lead. We were playing like we were up by thirty. I did not like that at all, and I feel like that frustrates Pat. And when Pat gets frustrated. He starts to get in his own head, and that's when the McCole Hardman played. You know, he never had a hold of the ball. He was he was in his own head. I think it was a late snap. He was expecting the snap earlier, so it threw him off, whatever. That's when turnovers come to me, in, in my mind. I think that's when, like, earlier in the year, Pat was too much in his head because we were trying to play conservative. We were trying to hold on to the ball offensively a little more, dink and dunk, and, and play this safe offense when Patrick-led offenses aren't really safe offenses. Right they're fiery offenses they're gunslinger offenses these are you know and and, and tyree kill and travis kelsey are not the safe vanilla offensive weapons these are explosive big play guys big play downfield yards have to catch downfield uh, type of players these are not guys that are you know want to catch five to six yard passes these guys you know what i mean the, i just feel like especially as this year goes in get this offense rolling get pat rolling get pat you know back to who he, we know he is heading into this postseason, nothing's more scarier, man. When the Chiefs defense is playing as good as it's been, and Pat is rolling, I want to see more of that heading into the postseason. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, I, I obviously agree with everything you said, and I don't want to be the guy that sits here and, and tries to dissect how Patrick should play, because yeah. I, I love everything about what Patrick does on the field, and I was the last guy to criticize the way he was playing earlier in the year, but no. something I would like to see a little bit more, and I know Eddie, you probably got a lot more to do today, and I know you got to probably bounce out again, man, but... uh I would like to see the the next evolution of Patrick Mahomes' game is to play a little bit more under center, and the reason why is because not not to, not, not to, less shotgun not to make the comparison between him and Justin Herbert because I'm going to get to that in just a second because that's the next part of this I want to talk about yeah, they're very different. But there was something I did like about what I saw from Justin Herbert and the offenses where you saw him under center. There's more of a play-action availability there. Yeah. I think that helps bring the defense in. Like Eddie said, he wants to see the deep, you know, force the defenses in a little bit more. When Patrick is constantly in shotgun, mm-hmm. that does two things. It makes the defense guess that 80% of the time you're going to throw the ball because sure. the Chiefs are already a pass-happy offense to begin with. Right. But also the fact that when you're RPOing, and you guys have seen this in the Chiefs' run game, especially in this Chargers game, they couldn't get anything going because you're not giving the running back the opportunity to run downhill because they're starting in more of a delay anyway. Mm-hmm. And with Clyde and Daryl not being fast running backs, I feel like that kind of sets the, the run game even further back and it doesn't really give them a chance to excel. So I would like to see a little bit of, of more of an under-the-center offense at times. And obviously Patrick is great in shotgun. That's where he's most comfortable. That's where he's from. But I want, I want to see a little bit more of that, and Eddie will hopefully see in just a little bit. But... Um, yeah, sure. I, I want to get your thoughts on that real real quick before we jump into the Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes comparisons, if you will, when it comes to how these quarterbacks are, are, are moving forward in their careers. Like I said, I,
0: Pat is just not a prototypical quarterback, man. He He's kind of a breed of his own. He, he has a, a mix of all that, but he I think when we try to make him into that, that's when he's kind of starts to get in his own head like, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. I think... When Pat's playing his style of football, it's beautiful. It's like a new. It's like we discovered some kind of new alloy, some kind of new metal, <laughs> some kind of beautiful gem in the ground. We're like, what is this? We don't even know what color this is. That's who Patrick Mahomes is, man. Like, he's an anomaly. We've never seen anyone have this good of a start, you know, and now him throwing for 4,000 30, 30 to maybe 40 touchdowns in a season, that's his down year, and we want to, like, shit on him for it. It's incredible. Like we've, we've never seen anything like this. Granted, he got a lot of the he got glorified early and all these things. I mean, some other things are happening for Herbert too. I mean, I think he's getting a little too much praise. I mean, I granted he's having as far as like I just don't think it's fair to compare him to Pat right now. Either way, um, but between the two quarterbacks, I mean, I like Herbert. I'm a big fan of Herbert. I think he plays football very. He's a very big individual. He's got a very strong arm. Maybe the strongest arm in the NFL. His arm is incredible. As far as like just. His, the, the, it's almost Brett Favre like, where he just throws it so hard, it almost makes it hard for the receivers to catch it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he's the best arm talent, but arm strength, I, I, I'm, he's up there. Um, comparing the two, though, well, I mean, what are you trying to get at, as far as like, w- okay, what this... makes them great, or
1: no, no, okay, so the comparisons to me, and I and I made a post about this earlier this week, or directly after the game, the comparisons to me aren't there. Yeah. And it's not a disrespect to Justin yeah, so, yeah, Herbert. That's what I'm this, is, this is almost like... And I'm giving a lot of praise to Herbert right now. But this is almost like the the, Le- the LeBron-Kobe debate. That when I sit here and say that under no circumstances is Kobe a better basketball player than LeBron James, people automatically assume that I hated Kobe Bryant. Or that I think he sucks at basketball. No. Yeah. There are just guys that are just better at what they do than other guys. And those other guys are still great. All-time greats. Justin Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen play football. Yeah. He, he has one of the best arms. He's one of the best athletes at the quarterback position. He's poised. He has composure. He's all class. He's got everything you'd want in a quarterback. Yeah. And yet he's still not better than Patrick Mahomes at football. And I, I hate the fact, and I brought this up on the show last week, I'm going to continue to bring it up because it's valid to me. I don't think Patrick Mahomes gets the respect as a Super Bowl champion. I agree. I don't think he gets the respect of being an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. People still talk about, you know, has Herbert caught? I mean, this is real. I can bring up the receipts just from these last few days of people saying Justin Herbert is just as good, just as good at football as Patrick Mahomes. He may have surpassed him. Who's the best quarterback in the league right now under I mean, the flip, age of thirty? Like flip the Chargers game around,
0: and and, and the, results, <coughs> the results, and the game plans, and the gameplay, everything was completely flipped. The way the Chargers played it was the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes got out in the end by Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert went out there and took the game in OT. Yeah. What would people be saying right now? Completed Justin under, Herbert being the best quarterback in the league right now. Yes,
1: Justin Herbert completed under 60% of his passes, had an 82 quarterback rating in this right. game. Fail Patrick Mahomes downs, threw twice times. as many yards, twice as many touchdowns, right. and we're sitting here, and, 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 and it's not even like, again, I'm not even trying to disrespect Justin Herbert because I'm a big fan of this kid, and I think he's already a top-10 quarterback. But to sit here and try to make the comparisons, to me, is just them simply doing what they've always tried to do. They're trying to find that rival. Well, it's not even just that. I think with Patrick Mahomes
0: as an individual, I think he was so glorified early for his early success. Now it's doubly, uh, he's doubly being shit on now for his failures, if you want to call them that. Any kind of mistake Patrick Mahomes makes right now is going to be under a magnifying glass because he was so, so glorified early on. Now he set that standard for himself. Now any mistake that he makes, anytime he's outdueled by any quarterback, which is rare, anytime another quarterback is on the rise, they who do they immediately compare him to?
1: I, mean, I
4: see. Who's
1: the best quarterback under twenty six? Who's right. the best? You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and this is and this is the this is the problem we have here because and it's not even the fact that we're Chiefs fans here talking about the quarterback no. we love. It's simply bogus yeah. because. What we talk? I saw people on Twitter literally this morning bitching about how many yards after care after catch, how many yak yards Patrick Mahomes benefited off of last this game. He had two hundred nineteen yak yards, right? Mm. Okay, you know there are four games this season that Tom Brady's had more than that. Like this is the part. Like yeah. we're not I mean, even or
0: Marcellus Wiley talking about Patrick Mahomes had a couple games this year without throwing a
1: touchdown. I'm like, dude. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without you, throwing a touchdown. Yeah, you, and you know two. He had yeah, two touchdowns. He had I'm two. Saying. No, two two different Super Bowls. Tom Brady's one were zero touchdowns. Okay, <laughs> but real quick, I, I, you know I don't like bringing up Skip Bayless because I think he's just a caricature. I just think he's he's, a, a, a he's just a, a character tour. on on TV. Yes, yeah. but but something he even tweeted out immediately after the game that just got me so upset was how dis, it's because it's so dishonest. Mm. Is when they say, well, Patrick Holmes significantly benefits off having Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. No shit. But here's the thing, Trevor. Do you know that Travis Kelsey has only played forty-eight percent of, forty-seven percent of his career games with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, mm-hmm. yet has fifty-five yeah. percent of his receiving yards and fifty-eight percent of his touchdowns with, with Patrick Mahomes? So who's really benefited more off of who? Mm-hmm. Second of all, how? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna just list some names off, and you tell me if these are some good players, okay? And just tell me if you can. All right, I'll say a name. Tell me if they're a Hall of Famer, okay? Gotcha. Randy Moss, Hall of Famer. Gronkowski. Mhm. Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown. Yep. Okay. Uh how about Wes Welker? Probably yes. going to make the Hall of Fame, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And these middle tier guys are really good players. Julian Edelman, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. Uh how about Corey Dillon? Those are p- pretty good players, right? Yeah, those are all Tom Brady teammates Shit, on offense offensive and defense. Or how about too. the fact that Tom Brady not one time in his 22-year career has had a defense that ranked worse than 17th, and that was only twice. We're sitting here talking about Patrick Mahomes' weapons as the reason why he's great, yet in games without Tyreek Hill, he has a 125 quarterback rating and a 6-2 and, a six and two record. Like... What like what I, I'm so sick and tired and this is why I guys I know Trevor you you've even jumped my ass about this and I understand it because it's very early on but this is why I've told you guys that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time because of the fact that he has held to a standard unlike anybody
0: else because he's never he's 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 the anomaly because the start he's he's it's like a gift and a curse because he had the greatest he's had the greatest start to any NFL player ever um, especially the toughest position in football and he's overachieved, not overachieved, because he deserves every bit of achievement he's 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 gotten because it's been by his hand. But it, it's heavy as the crown, man. You know that's a cliché term for a reason because it's true, because it's common knowledge. But it's people just don't people. It's, he. You're he, he's low hanging fruit. He he's on the top, but he's also low hanging fruit for all the haters. Because any, like I said, any little mistake he makes, any little critique, it's gonna be magnified. And
1: it, what what does that remind you of? And it, this is it, this is crossing oh, leagues. Oh yeah, you already
0: know. I'm this right is crossing leagues, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I,
1: I know that that's a, like a rule people don't like to break, but I'm gonna break it. Yeah, this is Le- Patrick Mahomes is becoming LeBron James in the NFL already, straight up. Yeah, where I mean, you faster, he's so you great. In the NFL, I'm just so saying yeah. though, he's he's so great, quick. Mm-hmm. And then there's these comparisons of the all times where by year six and seven LeBron was already being compared to Michael Jordan, and it was becoming a valid argument that the old heads and the people that did not want to relinquish that crown started hating intentionally LeBron James and trying to find ways to de- to diminish and downplay what he's done and what he continues to do. Mm. It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady or anybody else that you want to call the goat at the at the quarterback position or the NFL yeah, position. The crown, that now that, Le- that now that that Patrick Mahomes has done what he's done or so early and. In- Been so great early that when he has a game of 410 yards and three touchdowns, not to mention the maybe his biggest play of the game is a thirty-two yard, thirty-two yard run, leading the team in rushing yards yeah, as well. The
0: Chargers lost that
1: one. Yeah, they're. I called... didn't win it, dude. I sold several people on the national level saying that was a C plus game. Yeah, oh I know. So if that's a C plus game, yeah. what's an A plus game? Because no matter what Patrick does, it's never going to be good enough to win over these folks. That's why I know he's held to a standard that no one else can match Not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady, not Peyton Manning, not Drew Brees, not Diane Marino, not Brett Favre, not Joe Montana. Not John Hill, any of those it's other because, guys. It's because the honeymoon phase is over. Yeah.
0: Because Pat shot his load so early. You know what I mean? Everyone was like... He, because remember when he first came out, everyone was swooning over yeah. Patrick Mahomes. It was the
3: fun and new story. Now, and
0: now that we lost a Super Bowl, we made it again back-to-back years. We lost a Super Bowl. Now everyone wants to be critical. Now everyone was, oh, they're winning because they're defense now. Like, it's everyone wants to make it into a thing, even though Tom Brady's built most of his career off of great defenses. Well, we can go there, but... You know, like it's just amazing, bro. Like I said, heavy is the crown. Everything he does is magnified now. It's it's
1: imagine losing three Super Bowls to Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Um, and, and back to back to the, the the Justin Herbert situation. It's and I just want to say this real quick, and then we can move on to another segment while we yeah. wait for our guy, Mr. Mark Gunnels, who's going to be joining us momentarily. Um, another aspect that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes uh, conversation and why I think it's actually unfair to Justin Herbert. Is the fact that Justin Herbert just simply hasn't accomplished enough? Mm. You're talking about a guy that has not only never won a playoff game or played big in the playoffs. He's never been to the playoffs yet, yeah. and he, he more likely will this year. But there's still that chance they don't make the playoffs because the AFC is so tough this year. Everyone's I talking about the NFC, will. but the AFC still there's a there's what every team except the Texans and Jaguars or check Texans Jaguars yeah. and Raiders have winning records.
0: Yeah, even the Steelers have a chance to make it still.
1: <laughs> every team except those I, three I, have a and winning if the record.
0: The Colts beat the Patriots today. They're the, that shakes, they,
1: they would be the five seed, I that, think. They're in the, yeah. immediately
0: in a wild card spot. Yeah. That shakes everything up, too, especially the Chargers. And then I think they're, on the heels they're only, what,
1: game a game behind the Titans after that, oh, yeah. too. So I think the look,
0: Titans could be a team that'll miss out.
1: Justin Herbert Justin Herbert has still not done any of those things. Yeah. Never won an MVP. Sure as hell has never won a Super Bowl or Super Bowl MVP. So, He's been on some poorly ran teams. But I, think I get it. I get it. Yeah. My point, though, is, is that we need to allow Justin Herbert to do what Patrick Mahomes has done. Because we weren't sitting here talking about Patrick Mahomes being historically great. Until he had one of the most historically great seasons, one of the best historic seasons ever, mm-hmm. goes and wins the Super Bowl in the next year in a Super Bowl MVP, and then leads his team to another Super Bowl. Like, you got to start doing things like that, because Aaron Rodgers as gifted as he was. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have that 2010-2011 season, what he did what he did, mm-hmm. we're not sitting here talking about him the same way. We're not talking about Drew Brees the same way if he didn't go there and kick the shit out of the Colts and do what he did with the Saints and put up historic numbers. Justin Herbert is now doing things that young players have never done before where he had back-to-back 30 touchdown seasons to start his career, but he's got to build on that before we can start sitting here and putting him in the tiers of the greatest quarterbacks in football.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I just love, too, going back to Patrick Mahomes. I just love because this week, we're, we've been hearing, like, you know, Marcellus Wiley and all these talking heads and talking about how Patrick Mahomes has a career high in, in interceptions, a career lows in this, career lows in this, like... Career lows gotta occur some point, guys. That doesn't mean he can't get better or, or 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 fix things. And like, most quarterbacks have their rough struggles and rough patches in their early years. Yeah. Pat didn't. Pat took this league over from his first start. Right. You know what I mean? So that's just a different. He's an anomaly to this league, and we're just not used to seeing it. So I just think that he's so easily critiqued because he's so great already. That's just this. Is, this, this is, uh, Dan Marino is probably one of the, the best examples you can get as far as like a young quarterback being great early, um, and having success. I mean, I know Big Ben had a Super Bowl early and obviously in his early in his career, but he didn't do much after that until he got better and that roster got much better. Um, and that was a defensive team, if we're being honest, that was an absolute juggernaut. Anyway, Pat is just yeah. I mean, the Herbert Pat conversation—it's fun because they're divisional rivals. And I think they, I think that will be the true division rivalry for a while here and within this division because I don't think Derek Carr is ever going to be that guy. Um, I don't know, Denver maybe find, drafts a quarterback and they, they find a, that's a legit roster over there. Oh so yeah, could, that could definitely depending on what they do in the draft here soon or the next couple of years that could become become something too. But I'm a, I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I love watching him play football. He he throws a great ball. He's tall. He's like he's like Joe Flacco body type. But he throws the ball, you know, kind of like a Tom Brady. He has a very good tight spiral, good deep ball. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I, and, he's, and he's he's pretty mobile too. So I'm 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 gonna give the kid his flowers, man. I think, I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's getting better. Um, and if that can, if that that coaching staff and uh, uh, that that franchise in front office can make some moves and get you know, keep progressing as they've done already this year. I mean, they I think they're gonna make the playoffs this year, which is a big leap for them. You know, they are playing with house money in a lot of ways. So, I think this is going to be a fun rivalry to watch. But, I mean, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, as far as success, as far as what they've done in the actual league, you can talk about regular season games all you want and statistics all you want. But, achievements, like yeah. you said, you, you nailed it. Like, there's, you can't compare these two guys based on their achievements. Pat's in a tier of his own. Yeah. Still. You know what I mean, and
1: he's on his path to going to a third straight Super Bowl trip.
0: Right, <laughs> you can't compare the two. You just right,
1: can't. and that, like, I, like I said, I want to emphasize and reemphasize on those last three drives of this game against the Chargers because the, I truly believe Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in football that had that, the, that had that run. I know Aaron Rodgers may yes, have. Aaron Rodgers He may have, nice. and and you know what? Honestly, I'll just go ahead and give you Rodgers. Yeah. But if that's the only guy that we can point out of the rest of the league, we're out of of the other thirty-one starting quarterbacks. Only one other guy can do it. Maybe, maybe did what Patrick Mahomes did. Then I'm sitting here looking at a guy that I feel really good about the way I, I my stance is on Patrick Mahomes since day one. I I feel really good about it. Have I liked the way he's played in some of these games this year? No. But here's the thing, man. Like there's there are. There are, uh, I don't want to say excuses, but reasons for why some of these struggles have occurred, yeah. man. Because as we can go you back know my, throughout... You know
0: my my take on it.
1: Seven of his 13 interceptions this year have been tipped balls, man. Yeah. Like, that has to... And I've always told you, I've always felt that should never count against a quarterback. Yeah. Even back in the days where we even knew Patrick Mahomes was. I hated that. fumble on the player. Yeah, and something, man. Yeah. It should not go against the quarterback because the quarterback couldn't have done anything else to get the ball there. Yeah. Now, the beautiful thing about it is, and how coincidental is it, that in the in the three games that we look at with Chiefs offense, because in this Chargers game you have to you have to bring this as one of their best offensive performances of the season for sure. Four hundred and ninety six yards of offense and thirty four points. Yeah. In these three games against two against the Raiders and and, and the game against the uh, Chargers, although there are turnovers in the mix in those games, what is something we didn't see in those games? Drop passes. Mm-hmm. Chiefs weren't dropping passes. I'm not we saying had, that
0: we had two more turnovers, which were Pat's. That's what I'm saying.
1: The turnovers are in the mix not Overcame that. I still have a problem with that turnover they called the fumble on because it, you it literally see it. Play. You see it flick out of his fingers yeah. for Christ's sake. I know pumped,
0: he pump faked it and then brought it back. Yeah, Bosa had it the ball and was
1: already kind of or yeah. Bosa had his shoulder. But what about the tuck rule? I, mean, yeah, I think. I think I <coughs> what <coughs> think are we that, talking about here? Yeah, I think because they
0: called it a fumble on the field, <coughs> sure what made it, they, which made them stick to that play. But yeah, we
1: overcame it nonetheless. That's my point. Yeah, is that when you see. Patrick Mahomes being able to rely on his receiving options yeah. when he knows they're going to catch the ball, this offense is they unstoppable. Were man.
0: Yeah. Kelsey and, and Tyreek, even when Tyreek came, in, Tyreek was dealing with cramps. Went out there and made a, an incredible catch in that overtime drive, man. Like it was just him and Kelsey, just both were. That's just that's the deadliest trio in the league when, now, when they're
1: hot. One of the few last few things I want to talk about on this segment, and I think we're going to have our guy Mark on in just a few minutes. Our guy Mark Gunnel's from a Mark My Words podcast. He's also an Arrowhead uh, Arrowhead Pride contributor. I love what he writes on the uh, on what he's been writing with the Arrowhead Pride and Ron Kopp and those guys. They've been doing a great job, man. They've been holding it down. Uh, last few things I want to talk about when it comes to the charge. I want to swing over to the Chiefs defense. Yes, man. because Nick. Overall, him. let's be real. Overall, statistically, if you just look at the box score, the Chiefs' defense wasn't very good. They they just they weren't. They, you look at the way they were giving up a ton of rushing yards. They gave up almost two hundred rushing yards. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't outside of a couple drop passes. Justin Herbert really wasn't struggling to get the ball where he wanted to go, and he's got a plethora. He's got a stable of uh, of uh, receiving options. And I will I do want to say that uh, hearing that Donald Parnum Jr. Yeah. Jr. is doing good. He's in stable condition. He actually got sent home today, from what I heard. That is great that was, news. That was scary, man. I I I don't know if I've ever seen something shaking. like that yeah. where you had a player get injured like that, where no one touched him. It didn't even look that bad. No, he whipped. He whipped, and his head hit. But then he starts; his arms started to shake. And by the way, I really didn't like the way Fox handled it. I, I thought like jo- zooming
0: in on him shaking. I thought
1: Joe thing. Buck was really bad and, and poor taste in some of the things he said too. When he said that he thinks he he hopes it's just the the shivering cold of LA's weather. It was really weird for him to say something like that when a guy's literally seizing up. Uh, I thought that was really irresponsible. But I'm not going to get hung up on that too much. I'm, the biggest part is I'm just glad that he was uh, healthy or healthy enough to get through that. And it looks like he's going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, just a sidebar here. I I I know that we us cheese fans like we love the idea of of having an advantage. You know, if guys out for a game or. Guy gets COVID. Like, Obviously, we're excited about that. But, man, I really hate it when I see guys get guys get injured, yeah. especially a young rookie like Parnum Jr. going out there and, and, and getting himself an opportunity to make a big play.
0: And I believe he came from the XFL?
1: Yeah, C- something a, like that. CFL, I, XFL. I've never I've heard of this guy of before. Wars,
0: but his story is pretty cool. He
1: had the ball. He dropped it. It really sucks, man. And I just hate seeing him. My heart was really there for the kid because not only is he a young dude, he's got a family, man. He's got a life. Like You don't want to see yeah. guys get injured at, at any no. length, no matter what team they play for. So I'm just really relieved to know that he's going to be fine. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both got hurt in that game, but they both ended up fighting through it. I'm happy to see that Eckler stayed healthy. But on the defensive side, things for the Chiefs, now getting into this portion of it, I, I think that this is where we really start. We really got to start praising Brett Veach. And the reason why is because you see Willie Gay Jr. out, you see Chris Jones out, you see LeGiria Sneed out. Three of your best defenders are out of this game. And although the defense on box score were not were not good, mm-hmm. they were not good. They gave up a lot of yards, and they gave up 28 points. Or not really because, I mean, Patrick gave him that, that, essentially that touchdown uh, in the in the fourth quarter. But um, yeah. seeing Mike Hughes, a guy that the Chiefs gave up a six-round pick for, play another big game. Seeing, even though I don't believe Dan Sorensen's a great player by any stretch, the Chiefs continually having faith in keeping him around, and he's Dan good Sorenson, in situational yeah, football. yeah, Brett Veach keeping him around and giving yeah. him another contract uh, is high praise to even Brett Veach on this one as well. Um, but the, but the key that I want to get to is Nick Bolton, and it's a guy that I know you've been big on. I was big on out of the draft I as love well.
0: The pick, man,
1: it was such a risky pick because nobody liked it because he's been bad in coverage, and yeah. that is true. Ironically, but but, but God damn it, man, can we can we stop criticizing this kid? Like, I'm being serious. It's a spot start, too, for Willie Gay. Nick Bolton is a throwback linebacker. Yeah. This guy is a tackling machine. I know he's got his problems in coverage. He's playing coverage, mean, he batted a couple balls and broke up that play with Jared Cook. Yeah, that's I, a tough tight I, end to guard, I, too. I know. I know he's got his problems in coverage, man, but we're talking about a guy that had 14 total tackles mm. in a game we absolutely needed every one of them. A
0: couple more in the backfield, too. the guys. And,
1: and that's Brent Veach, man. To make that pick... Knowing that no one really expected the Chiefs to go for a Missouri guy like that, an undersized, technically undersized linebacker who's only six foot tall and, you know, has coverage problems, to see the maturity of him, not to mention the fact that we could talk about the offensive line that's led, Mm -hmm. led by two rookie starting players in Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, who are both probably going to be all pros this year. Yeah. To see Lucas Niang come out there and play as well as he did. And he, he played a pretty damn good game, dude, considering he had to first face Joey back. fucking Bosa yeah, in yeah. his first game back in what six weeks? Yeah. I man, I've been critical on Brett Veach for a lot of things. But seeing the way he's put this team together, this is and I'm with Nick right on this. And I, I said this, I, I actually think I said it before Nick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give him credit for it because he's a much bigger figurehead than I am. This is the scariest Chiefs team in the Mahomes era. Yes. I said I actually I do remember saying that. I this agree. is this is the scariest the most team. Most complete team. Yes, before the season I said that. Yeah. And now you're starting to see that take shape because when you're without Chris Jones, Le'Veon Snead, and Willie Gay, you probably should lose. Even as great as the Chiefs are uh, offensively, there's a there's a reason for why you probably should lose the game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the pressure was on the Chiefs. They were hobbled. They were missing more of the key players. And they still went out there and took care of business. And kudos man. to Brett Beach also for bringing in Melvin
0: Ingram, who's also maybe the biggest addition this season, obviously bringing <laughs> him in and then completely changing the culture of this defense. I mean, yeah, but going back to Nick Bolton, I love watching him just fly around the field, man. The guy is a tackling machine, like you said. He tackles right. He tackles very aggressive, very hard. Like you said, he is a throwback. I love those kind of linebackers, man. Granted, it's tough for some of those linebackers to, to move into to, and succeed in today's game. Because today's game's so fast, and typically most teams are going towards the lighter, faster, taller uh, coverage linebackers. You know, you can mix them in. They're almost like a hybrid safety in a way nowadays. A lot of linebackers are. Um, but I love having that guy that's like a, the DJ type linebacker that will blast through the line and hit a running back in the backfield and force a fumble and wrap you up. Not depend on a shoelace tackle. We'll meet you in your chest and power you down. Like I love, I love those kind of linebackers so much, and I love the way he plays. I think he's going to get better in coverage. I think we've already seen him getting better in coverage gradually. Um, but he filled in great for Willie Gay. Willie Gay is obviously the better player because he can do a little bit more right now. But he's also the more seasoned player. He's mm-hmm. been on the field more. He's played more. He's played an extra season. I think we got our two linebackers for the future, man. I really do. And they're both two different types of guys. They both are like that that thunder and lightning. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Brett Beach for making that move. Kudo to, kudos to Brett Beach for bringing in Melvin Ingram, the missing piece on his defense, I believe, this year. Uh, in the locker room especially um he, and who also had himself a fairly good game last night too uh or the the other night against the Chargers so i think yeah i mean like you said man Brett Beach is doing his thing we can we can we can give him you know the criticisms when we when we miss on some cuz he has missed on some um <clears throat> but bringing bringing the guys in that we that have made this defense what it is this year is, uh, is impressive.
1: Altogether, overall, uh, with this matchup, I I have to just say it one more time. We're going to move on. I, I just think that this was the game of all games this season where the Chiefs just really showed everybody. Because the the, the narratives quickly became the Chiefs can only score against the Raiders. Mm. And then the Chiefs go in there and do what they did, put up 500 yards of offense and 34 points uh, against the Chargers in that game. Again, Chargers aren't a very good defense, but that narrative is now dead where the Chiefs can only score against the Raiders. Now that they went in there and did what they did on national television mm. and a must-win game for both teams. Pretty so much, much playoff, writing. It felt
0: like a playoff game. It really did. And we got a playoff pass.
1: And you get a walk-off victory where Travis Kelsey, of, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Because I mean, it, when it, when both guys are getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, that's going to be one of the big plays. Now, obviously, they're going to have more plays I think because I don't think Travis Kelsey's going anywhere I think Travis Kelsey's got another 4 or 5 years of just great football left in him I don't know if it's going to be prime years yeah. but we saw Tony Gonzalez play till he's 37 it even become like a
0: legitimate possession receiver yeah think I think Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's
1: got some years left man I don't see him slowing down at all he's yeah. still got the burners great, man it's man. unbelievable um, to see that be the game, the play that, that ends things I mean we talked about all the way back to the Packers game when when when, when Patrick Mahomes hits that third down to ice the game to, try, to Tyreek Hill we're like uh oh that's the ignition. Yeah. That's the ignition. That's the that's the engine warming up. Well, that was the engine warm. Mm. That was the engine going full speed. Is Patrick Mahomes hitting his weapons, where Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined for over three hundred receiving yards and three touchdowns. Honestly, Travis Kelsey should have had four touchdowns because even the one throw uh, that they, they got, he was a sixty yard, sixty nine nice uh, yards all the way down where Patrick Mahomes or uh, Travis Kelsey literally hit to the zero yard line. That's where. That's where I know this offense is just clicking on all cylinders. Are they perfect? Do they have a great game? No. But when they get things rolling, they get things happening, they, I just don't see anybody beating this team, man, when they're playing that to that level. I don't think anybody's going to really disagree with them because I think I'm 100% right. But as we wait for our guy Mark... I actually had a uh, message from our guy Stan Simmons. I know we haven't been doing the Monday Mailbag because we want to kind of transition to getting your guys' comments read on the show. And whenever you guys do, drop a line, man. Let us know so that way we can get you guys read on here. But our guy Stan Simmons from Fresno, Cali, actually left us two messages that I am actually going to play right now. So I hope you guys are ready for this because we missed our guy Stan Simmons last week, and he gave us two messages this week. Let's hear what our guy Stan Simmons has to say.
3: Hey, guys. What's up? I didn't leave a message last week because I wanted to see how the Raider game would play out. We all saw the results of that. My question is, do you want to see the Raiders relevant again? I live in Raider territory, and my advice to them is move on from the past and start fresh. It's been 38 years since the Raiders' last won a Super Bowl, yet they cling to the past. The autumn wind is a pirate. We had three Super Bowl wins. It's time to move on from that. Start fresh. Uh, create your create a new legacy going forward. I just would like to see the Raiders be relevant again. I don't like the Raiders. I am a strict Raider hater. But do you guys have any advice for Raider Nation?
1: That is a really good question. And well, I shouldn't shock us that we, we we have a good question from our guy Stan Simmons. The
0: but a pirate. I love it. Man.
1: That is that is beautiful. Um. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be a little selfish here. I don't like it when the Raiders are relevant. I don't like it when the Raiders are good. And honestly, I don't remember it. No. Because that, the last time I remember the Raiders being a legitimate franchise, a legitimate contender, I was probably about 11 years old. So I, I was, I was yeah, I was about 11 years old the last time when they were in this super, no, I was a little bit older than that, maybe 12 or 13, I forget. It's been that fucking long. I, I don't mind it. And here's the reason why. If we want the Chiefs to continue to have the success they're having in the playoffs, you know what benefits that the most? Having a bad division. Yeah. Look at look at Tom Brady. All the way throughout his career, the, NF, the AFC East was called the yeah. AFC yeah. Least. Yeah. You had the worst of the worst teams in the AFC every single year to pick on. And in the NFC South... He had one year of Drew Brees, and that was not a good year because Drew Brees was breaking down in front of us. He was way beyond his prime, so that wasn't even an honest matchup. And yet the Saints still kicked their ass two times. Um, and, And the NFC South as a whole is just a complete mess. So he's still inheriting bad divisions. I like the whole rivalry thing. It's fun. It's exciting. It's cool. You know, the Chargers might be there. The Raiders have some opportunity. The Broncos got a really good roster. They're just a quarterback away, this, this, this. But I like it when the Chiefs don't really have to worry about divisional foes because they can just win those games, put themselves in in the playoff seedings pretty early on, get six victories, five, six victories a year just in your division alone, and just move on and worry about the rest of the AFC. Because let's be honest, as the things progress in the Mahomes era, things are only going to get tighter and tougher. There's going to be more pressure. There's going to be bigger games. There's going to be a lot more primetime games. Teams are going to be coming at you from all angles, man, and making sure that they can try to get your weaknesses and find your weaknesses and, and copy whatever the other teams had success on. So, I don't really want to have to worry about more divisional foes being good either because there's already going to be enough good teams that the Chiefs are going to face as they have 17 and soon to be 18 game schedules. So honestly, I know that sounds kind of whack, but there's enjoyment. There's an enjoyment factor of seeing Raiders fans try to twist in the wind and hope that their team can finally get good again for the first time in decades. And then there's also the fact that I like seeing the teams continually staying down and the Chiefs continually to pulverize these teams and humiliate them (laughs) each and every season.
0: Yeah, I want the Raiders to continue to suck. I I don't want to see the Raiders good just because I don't enjoy the unwarranted chatter that goes on. I like the chatter that exists, and then I like the results. Um, I mean, granted, it's it is. I mean, granted, we've seen some bad Raiders team come in and have competitive games uh, uh, with the Chiefs when they were great um, and beat us. You know, recently th- th- those are going to happen regardless. You know, uh, we've seen even in Tom Brady's years there were some upsets in there every once in a while. It just happened because you, you know each other so well. Um, but I hope Derek Carr sticks around as long, as long as possible so we can continue to beat him. Those are fun. Um, I love him. listening to him try to, like, you know, um, philosophize the way they lost and why they lost. That's fun to listen to um, as post-game pressers. So I want those to continue. Um, I want them to continue to try to, you know, do things to, to rile themselves up and uh, simultaneously rile up the beast, that is the Chiefs, that continue to take them uh, down, <clears throat> so no. I mean, if they get better, they get better. That's on them. If they choose to uh, blow it up and start fresh, I just don't. I just. I mean, I think they're bound to because that's just how time works. Teams are going to get better over time. They're going to go through peaks and valleys. But in the NFL, there's. I mean, a lot of the teams that have been bad continually to stay, continue to stay bad because it's a, a poorly ran. Uh, business um, and the Raiders have been a poorly ran business for a long long time granted they, they are obligated to become better because of the new stadium because of the new location because they want to become this tourist uh, attraction in Vegas now so granted they need to, they need to develop a good product so I think there is pressure there to become something great and they probably will they'll probably become better I'm not gonna say great they'll probably become a, a, a more of a competitive team as they should like I said because of the pressure to be you know the new stadium new shiny new toy uh, uh, and then the new location and everything. So they should be get they should get better. But right now, as it looks, they are the last team in the division, in my mind, that are going to become a better team. I think the Broncos are on pace. They have a good defense and really good offensive weapons. They are a quarterback away from me to contender in this division, in my mind. I think that's a good roster. Um, I'm not sure about their coach. Um, but I think, I think our number one com- competition in this division right now is who we just played. I think Justin Herbert is a legitimate quarterback one in this league. Um, I believe in their coach. Uh, I think they're changing the culture over there talk about a new stadium Jesus Christ that stadium is you know they have they, they, they have the Chargers have more work to do I think than the Raiders do because the Raiders at least have a faithful fan base yeah that want to push that and be great the Chargers don't even have that right now well,
1: they have great product there's even rumors though that they that the Chargers might actually consider relocating back to San Diego that, that would, is that would actually be a, a good
0: move. That would be a good move, but even when they're in San because the LA move.
1: thing has not worked for them. It's it's that's that's, that's clearly Rams country. That's Raiders country. Yeah. That's any visiting team country. Shit, it's it's country. not Charger country. Yeah, yeah I they mean. they have way too much. Dude, they have so much competition within their own market with USC and the LA Lakers and the Dodgers and every other team out there. The Kings mm. of LA Kings. They have so much. The people are—they're not Chargers fans. There's not enough. Yeah, I think it was a terrible decision for them to move to LA. I think Kroenke really fucked that up, man. I think they're going to move him back to San Diego because it only makes sense
0: to me. It's like it's like wanting to have Bulls and Pistons be a good rivalry again. You know, it's like yeah. the bad boy. Pistons, Selfishly, you don't want that. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like the, the the rivalry that was deep with the Pistons and the Bulls. Like you know, the Pistons are a terrible franchise. Yeah, maybe the one of the worst franchise, probably bottom three franchise in the NBA. That's kind of who the Raiders have become too. Yeah, uh, granted, oh, without not, question, they're not the Jaguars or anything like that, but they they have a fan base that keeps them afloat because they sell so much merchandise. They are a very, it's easy to like that bad boy idea of what the Raiders try to portray. Yeah. That's the 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 lore of the Raiders, and like he like he, he like he said, like they 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 rest on their laurels. They have three rings, like you know those eighty years ago. So like, the, I I get it. I get why he wants them to be better. Because of just the, the fun storylines that would come, but and I, I just think me being a person who's based in reality, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I just don't. We can want it all we want. But I just don't see it happening for a long time. Yeah,
1: when you when when your <clears throat> when your Super Bowls came around, your Super Bowl championships are won before uh, computers were made. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have a hard time really, you know, taking it seriously. But yeah. more so, like I said, I, just from a selfish aspect, and that's all that really matters yeah. to me when I come to, when it comes to being a Chiefs fan. Mm. I don't want my the divisional foes to be good. I don't want that because it it elevates the chances of, of them beating the Chiefs, which yeah. I'm still not worried why about. Why would you invite that? Yeah, I, I don't. I like seeing them fail. I mm-hmm. like seeing divisional teams be bad, and the Chiefs beat the shit out of them, yeah. and it gives the Chiefs that much more of an opportunity of getting are, to the playoffs have, have a and division,
0: winning. Divisional leaders within the AFC yeah. to compete with, you know, the Bills and the Patriots. Why would Rangers? I want my division? Yeah.
1: I know. I know the whole. Oh, it's just a fun rivalry, and it's just it's exciting. No, I. I what's exciting to me is that's, the Chiefs winning forty-eight yeah, to 9 and that's
0: like why, like, oh, I want to, I want to, see the Chiefs go. On the
1: road and win uh, and go to the Super Bowl. No, no. I'd rather have the bye and hope. The field. happiest <laughs> I've been as a Chiefs fan all season was the Chiefs winning by thirty nine against the Raiders. Yeah. Not even <laughs> I know the Chargers game meant more. Yes, but I was happier well, for us during the Raiders
0: game. Like I said, like when we first started the show, like for us individually, it's very personal with the Raiders. We grew up a lot of, around a lot of Raiders fans. I was married into a Raiders fans for some years. Uh, so like it's Sorry very personal. By the it's, way, it's in the DNA to like utterly despise everything about the Raiders. So seeing them yeah. struggle, seeing them suffer,
1: seeing us blow them out two times, it is
0: Christmas before Christmas, man. It's it's
1: it's happy birthday. We gotta That's be careful everything. though, because we don't want Raider Cody to start saying that we're being mean to him again. <laughs> I mean we're just we're just pointing out the obvious facts yeah. here, man. <laughs> It is what it is. Our guy Stan gave us another question as well, which he always appreciate when he gives us a a deluxe, if you will, when it comes to giving us questions. I can't wait to hear what this one is. This is Stan Simmons from Fresno Cali's second question.
3: Hey, guys, what's up? Second message. Well, the Chiefs did it. They beat the Chargers on Thursday night football. It's Friday now. uh, Ecstatic that they won. It was a great victory. The Chiefs showed a lot of balls, a lot of moxie to come back. And, uh, hey, they put the AFC and the NFL on notice that, you know, they're a team to be reckoned with going forward. Anyway, so I had to wake up on Friday morning. I took the day off. I had to wake up on Friday morning and listen to the um, typical haters. Skip Bates gave Mahomes a C+. Marcellus Wiley did his usual hating routine. Oh, we were down left tackle or right tackle, or whatever it was. He failed to mention that we were down three players ourselves. What would you tell the haters if you had a chance? Right now, what would you tell Marcellus and Skip?
1: Right now, that might be my favorite Stan Simmons question he's ever asked. I touched on it on a little bit already, but I try to, I try to steer clear of it on the show because I don't want us to sound like we just we care so much about what these guys say. Because again, I understand those guys are just planted their plants. Yeah. They're they're put in there to rile us all up and it works. It, it does. It works. I, I I've never once in my life been a fan of Skip Bayless and Marcellus Wiley. I, I still he is the. He's worse. I think, worse. I think, worse I think Marcellus is actually the prime example as to why you don't just give a guy a job because he used to play football. Yeah. Or, or a, a former athlete. Yeah. I think him, guys like him, Paul Pierce, they're so god awful at their jobs that that it's like you, you can't just give somebody that job because they won genetic, the genetic lottery. Yeah. Because Marcellus Wiley was good enough to be in the NFL, and I'll give him that respect. He was a player. Yeah. But. But, but to sit here and say, oh, because he played the game, he must be really good at talking about it. No. Yeah, he's not Shannon Sharp. No, man. And and, it, and it's just now it's all narrative-driven. And so, Stan, honestly, man, if I was to sit here and have a be able to have a platform where I could talk directly to Marcellus and Skip, outside of the expletives that I would use, <laughs> I would just simply say, hey, I want to thank you guys. No, seriously. I, I actually want to thank them because because of their clown show, it feels that much better when the Chiefs continue to prove these morons wrong. Mm. When Skip says what he says and diminishes the greatness of Patrick and this Chiefs team. When Marcellus goes on there and literally says he would take Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Yep. When guys like Rob Ninkovich, and didn't even get mentioned in this, he's going to catch a stray today. Mm. When Rob Ninkovich and morons like him, another former athlete who thinks he knows what the fuck he's talking about, says the shit he says about the Patriots who beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship and, and, and he would take Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes. When they say these things, they do these things, it only makes it that much sweeter. So honestly, I actually enjoy it. It angers me in the moment because I feel they're just being flat out wrong. And you guys know my stance on this, Trevor, that when it comes to giving out content, I want to constantly give people honesty. Mm. I want to give them authenticity. Everything I say behind this mic is going to be exactly what I believe and feel. I'm not going to say something to just get a reaction out of you guys because some of my takes are so bad that you guys react out of that anyway. But it is genuinely what I feel. It's genuinely what I believe. And so when these guys go on their platforms, which are much greater than ours. And say those things in a dishonest way, it does anger me in the moment. But that type of show fodder gives that much more fuel to the Chiefs. And when they win, we get to pull the receipts. And our guy Jason Dunn over at Chief Concerns did that very same thing on this videos. I hope you guys go to Twitter. If you're on Twitter, go to Chief Concerns and watch their latest video they put up there, man. They actually called out Marcellus Wiley. They actually called out Skip and Colin Coward and these other guys. They did that very same thing, man. And, and, and I'm telling you guys... It, if I had to say that I just I would literally shake their hands and say thank you so much for what you do because of you, my team continually winning, it, it's like they win twice every single victory because they're that beating you as well. they're beating your narrative as well. I don't know what you would say Trevor. yeah, I,
0: I don't like unlike you, I don't really consume a lot of sports media. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I'll catch stuff on YouTube clips every once in a while. I really just to kind of keep keep my mind clear and just like I don't even I don't even give them any oxygen man. I really don't. I see what I see on the TV. I watch the games, and I go by what I see. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't even try to. I don't even want to hear it. Like I just don't even want to hear it. I think these guys are just paid clowns. Marce, especially Marcellus why He's the worst to me because he tries to be. He tries to sound so philosophical and smart, and it's just it's it always falls flat. It's so bad. It's so bad. He's the worst to me because he he is a player and he knows the truth. He knows what he sees on the field, and he tries. He's just a paid contrarian clown. Um, skip everyone knows who skip is skip is a caricature of this just old man that's yelling at the sky that's who skip is and that we uh, he's been that character for the for years so i'm used to his nonsense he's literally just out there to troll um and make weird uh, uh, heavy breathing videos when the cowboys lose um but marcellus is is the worst to me because he's a he is a knowledgeable guy i think i really think he is i think he goes yeah i just think marcellus goes against his, his better judgments and just to have a different hot take, I really think that's what he's doing because I think I do think he is somewhat knowledgeable. But when he tries to like make these philosophical reasons to why the Chiefs have more to prove, the Chiefs have have still have things to prove. Patrick Mahomes still has things to prove. It's clown shit. That is straight clown shit if I ever heard it in my life. So and, he, and you know, you don't want to have any mention of Lamar Jackson and all these other guys. You want to compare him to that have less that have far more to prove. That Have proven shit, quite frankly, in accomplishment wise so yeah stan i don't have much i don't give these guys much oxygen man to to be honest with you i think they're just a lot of them are just they're on tv for a reason right because they get views because they're contrarian because they're edgy you you have to be that way a lot of times so football's simple sometimes and we're great the chiefs are great patrick Mahomes is great it's really that simple sometimes so yeah
1: i appreciate the questions as always stan We, we really do man and uh i don't know if you uh i don't know if you saw trev but uh there's a lot of people that are, and I wanted to talk about this, too. Uh, we're going to see if our guy Mark is still going to jump on with us. Uh, he actually just texted me, so hopefully he'll join on. All right, cool, yeah. It looks like Mark's going to join us in just a, just a couple minutes, so we'll. we'll I just want to throw this out real quick. We have a big game, and I know a lot of our viewers and listening audience might see this after the game is over. Pat's Colts. Mm. Big game tonight. Uh, the the Colt the Pats are without Damian Harris, who's had a really good season this year, over about 800 yards and nine touchdowns. Remondre Stevenson is. A, but he's a, a rookie running back. He's a very he's filled in very and nicely the, for him. And the Colts defense leads the league in takeaways. Yeah. Carson Wentz has really put together some good games, and they have right now the best running back in football, Jonathan Taylor. And they might have the best defense in the league too. That's, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the, that, leading the league in takeaways yeah. with home field, they've he's also had a bye week. The run, too. If they didn't have a bye week last week and the Patriots coming here off their bye week as well, I'd say, man, Pat's got a real advantage with Bill having an extended week over his advan- over his competition. That's not the case. Yeah, Trevor, how do you see this game going? We're going to give our predictions uh, on our social medias later on, but what do you think, man? What do you think about this Colts pass game?
0: Very rarely are games predictable in the NFL, especially this year. There's been a lot of wildly unpredictable letdown and blow-up games you didn't expect to blow up, but I think this game is one of those games where I can kind of like read what's going to happen. I think this is going to be a defensive game. <coughs> two of the best defenses in the league. Two very run-heavy offenses. Uh, two quarterbacks that play safe. Uh, granted, Carson Wentz is the more mistake-prone quarterback, just because Mac doesn't really take many chances. He throws when he kind of needs to, and they get the play action going. I think the Colts win this game. I do. I think the Colts win this game, and I think Mac Jones has a uh, he struggles today. Um, this is like I said. I think this is going to be a, a lot of field goals, a lot of defense, and I like the Colts defense better. I think they're going to really, really get pressure on Mac Jones. I think they're going to make him very uncomfortable. Uh, I think the Forest is a monster. I think those guys are just all. They're just. They're, they're gonna, I think that defense is going to eat. Um, I think they're going to stop Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think he's going to get. The only way I really think the Patriots get the ball moving is by throwing the ball to like the Bolden. But even Bolden's questionable. He's been playing that that um, that James White role, and he's it's effective because obviously Belichick knows how to get the 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 catches the pass catching running backs going, and that's always kind of been his brand uh, with James White and guys like that in the short intermediate game. That's the only way I think they're going to move the ball. I think that running game is going to be it's going to be tough for them to get going against the Colts' defensive line. Um, I I don't know. I, I think this is this one of those games that's going to end like twenty to fourteen tops. Uh, I think, like I said, a lot of field goals, a lot of defensive play. I think Carson Wentz makes a play that 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 just puts the game away. I know that's tough to imagine, but I think Carson Wentz plays fairly well tonight. I think um, him and Jonathan Taylor and the tight ends. I think they're going to use a lot of their tight ends. I think the uh, um um mo alley cox uh what's his name the other um uh doyle jack doyle their other tight ends i think their tight ends are going to get a lot of work in the you know the underneath game uh, i think it's gonna be tough for michael pittman really to get off because those corners in, in, in new england are tough so i i think this is going to be a defensive game honestly in my mind i don't see a high scoring game granted it could be defensive touchdowns that make this a high scoring game because that could definitely happen too i could definitely see Garson wentz going out there and throwing three picks one of them being a pick six um, but I'm picking the Colts. I am. I'm picking the Colts tonight. Um in a close game, nail biter. I think they they can either end it with a field goal or a touchdown, but I think the Colts end up on top.
1: I'm actually gonna agree with you and actually take it a step further. I think the Colts are gonna win this game convincingly. You think they roll? I, I do. And and when I say roll, I think I think it's gonna be at least seven points and it's and, and we can get to that more in a second because yeah. I'm not gonna keep my guy waiting. Time how the hell are you doing, man? I'm good,
4: man. How you doing?
1: Not bad at all. Not bad at all. We uh we had a good start to the show, and then we got ourselves all clumped up. But we're here with you from Mark Mark Gunnel's Mark My Words podcast, making adjustments over here, like the Chiefs' offense did in the fourth fourth time fourth quarter and overtime. You were there at SoFi Stadium this week, my man, yeah. and obviously we were here back in Kansas City. The energy was electric here, watching it on television. But I would imagine that. Uh, it was a different experience there at SoFi. And you've been holding it down in LA for some time for us, for us KC people, man, you're a native here, but I want to get you, I want to get your takeaway from this game at SoFi Stadium. What was the experience like? What was the, what was the energy like? Was there a ton of Chiefs fans there? What was your overall takeaway from the experience at SoFi?
4: So the first thing I was actually surprised, There was actually more Chargers fans there than I expected. They, they kind of showed up, they showed up pretty good, but it was still a lot of Chiefs fans, obviously. But uh, it wasn't the takeover like I expected it to be. But uh, the overall experience was crazy. It was really loud in there. I'm sure it played well on the TV. Uh, it was super loud in there. They had some, some pumped-in noise as well, so it was crazy. It was actually my first time inside a SoFi Stadium. And that stadium is it's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable, man. I mean, it's a state-of-the-art arena uh, stadium. It's really nice. It's up there. I, don't, I haven't been to the Vegas one yet, so I got to compare and see which one is better. But uh, the game was crazy, man. Uh Back and forth, a lot of momentum changes. It felt like an NBA game. It was kind of like not as high scoring, but it was kind of reminded me of the Chiefs-Rams game in 2018 a little bit. And I was at that game as well, too. Just the energy, the momentum shifts, and things like that. So it was cool. Hell yeah,
1: man. Well, I want to start kind of like a Tarantino movie where we start at the end and then work our way to the beginning about how this game was – being viewed from the national uh, media and you're in national media so you you know a lot of these folks you know a lot of uh, narratives that were around this game about justin herbert versus patrick mahomes who's the better quarterback at this current time is justin herbert going to surpass patrick mahomes how much this game meant but at the end of the game We saw something that that I think a lot of us Chiefs fans have never lost belief in. And it's when Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and and Tyreek Hill on the same page and they're clicking, there isn't a single team out there that can stop these guys. Especially when the defense was doing what they did. Granted, they were without three guys. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But holding the fort down on the defensive side, giving Patrick Mahomes enough opportunities to take this game over and end the game on a walk-off fashion. When you see these three guys do what they do, do you think there's anybody in this league that can I'm not talking about just the AFC. I'm not talking about the Chargers. I'm not talking about the Patriots. I'm not talking about any of these teams in the AFC. Because I think the Chiefs have now staked their flag as still the AFC representation in the Super Bowl this year. Is there a team in the NFC that you think can match with this team when they do what they do and what how they did things at the end of that game?
4: Uh, I think there's a couple. But I still, I still like the Chiefs as the favorite to win a Super Bowl. But I will say... I think the Packers would be a good matchup, especially, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers. And I want to see the Bucks again. I mean, that would be fun to see that rematch again as, as well. So I think those two teams really stand out to me. But besides that, I don't think many teams can match up against the Chiefs when they're clicking. I mean, even when the Chiefs were getting, quote-unquote, stopped early in the season, most of it was just self-inflicting wounds. You know, guys dropping passes, leading to picks, or, you know, dumb penalties when they're driving, killing drives, and things like that. I mean... You know, I mean, I saw you early in the year. You kind of were a little panicked a little bit, man. You're, I don't know. I was worried about you for a second. You kind of jumped up the deep end. Yes, it, yes, it yes. Early it happened, Mark. Year. It
1: happened. Let me explain that real quick. I don't want to interrupt <laughs> you. There is no excuse for that. I everything I said, I 100% meant, and I stand by it because you know why. As I said on this show earlier, the Chiefs were dead in the water and a losing record through halfway, almost halfway through the season. They were playing historically bad defense. Patrick Mahomes looked lost a lot of times. The offense was just abysmal, to, to, to say the least. This was not the Chiefs that we had a new standard of. This team had championship aspirations. They were the favorites going into this season as the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl favorites. And they did anything and everything other than look great as a team, as a collective. And now they're finally starting to put it together. Uh, playing complimentary offense, playing complimentary defense, winning seven straight games. There's nothing that I can really take away from things and say that they're, they're they're the same team that they were through the first five, six weeks of the season. They have changed their ways. So as critical as I was, I'm going to praise them just as much for what they're doing now that is positive. So I'll own each and every take I said, because I met every single one of them, just like I mean every single ounce of praise I'm giving them now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and lay that out there, but you're right, man. I have, people have every right to call me out for anything I've said beforehand.
4: Nah, I, I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> I love it, bro. I love it. You stand on what you say, man, so I respect it, bro. But, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, as you mentioned, like the AFC. I mean, who do who are you scared of in the AFC? I mean, I mean the biggest threat. Who is the? I don't even know who the biggest threat is. I really don't know. People are saying New England, but do you really believe in Mac Jones in the playoffs? I still
0: like, think I still think it's the Bills in my mind if they and if, make the playoffs
4: and if that's the case you're, you're talking about a team that may not make the playoffs exactly. I'm just I'm just I'm just talking yeah. pure matchup I think, yeah, th- yeah. I think it's the bills yeah I would probably say pure matchup wise it's I'm actually uh, I wasn't say the Colts but I don't trust Carson wins. right so, this is why Mark this is why I have said over and over again that and
1: it's cliche it's lazy you call it whatever the hell you want it's what I believe the only team that's beaten the Chiefs in the AFC of the Chiefs. That's the only team. Think about it. Why did the Chiefs have the start they had? It wasn't because of the teams they were facing. It was because they weren't executing. They weren't getting the job done. That's the only reason why the Chiefs had to dig themselves out of a grave. They, no, they're sure. the ones that took the shovel and started digging that bad boy and then threw their own body in there. It wasn't that a team dethroned them. Because as you can clearly see... Within six, seven weeks, the Chiefs went from out of the playoffs to the number one seed. There's no one in the AFC can compare to this team. It's the Chiefs, and then everybody else.
4: Nah, 100. I mean, especially if they get the one seed, which I think they will. I mean, you get that buy and you just got to win two games at home. I mean, right? If they if they get that, which I really think they will, because and honestly, they may be the one seed by themselves after this weekend. Right. I can see the Colts winning today against the Patriots, and I can yeah. see Tennessee losing at Pittsburgh tomorrow. I think that's very, very possible.
1: Mark, you're very close to the L.A. landscape, the L.A. sports landscape. You you hear, I'm sure, a lot about Justin Herbert. And I've told Trev, I've told everybody on this show, I don't want to make this an anti-Herbert thing because it's not. Justin Herbert is great. Just Justin Herbert is a top-10 quarterback in my eyes. He's had arguably the best start to a quarterback's career for the rookie and sophomore years. We're having back-to-back 30 touchdown seasons. But he is not in my eyes, on the same tier as Patrick Mahomes, and it was proven in this game. Because you know, had Justin Herbert had the performance Patrick Mahomes had at the end of that game, we'd all be crowning Justin Herbert. But the difference between the two quarterbacks is that Mahomes can do that, and no one else can. And so I think it's very unfair for Justin Herbert to get that praise, both for his own uh, uh, pressure and expectations. That's such an unfair thing to put on him. And to me, it's disrespect to Patrick Mahomes because as I've been saying for weeks now, I don't think Patrick Mahomes gets the respect and reverence of being a super bowl champion an mvp a super bowl mvp because we're having these types of conversations when justin herbert is still trying to prove who he is in this league when we know what patrick mahomes is a proven champion that at worst has lost in the afc championship in overtime to the greatest dynasty that has ever existed
4: yeah i it kind of compares to this it's kind of like when you know, LeBron was the best player in the world for like 10 years. And he was like clearly the best player, but they still try to like find other guys that could be better, like Kevin Durant or Steph Curry, you know, things like that. So it kind of reminds me of that. Like, obviously, Le- Patrick Mahomes is the clear top guy, but then Jer- Herbert's really great. He's really great, but he's on a tier below. You know, he's like Kevin Durant and OKC, you yeah. know, like you're really great, yeah. but we know you're not, we know who he's that standard. Because you know how they hold LeBron to that standard. Like, if LeBron do anything wrong, it's like, oh, what's going on? But if KD does it, it's like, oh, it was Westbrook's fault. It wasn't KD's fault. So I kind of compare it to that. But Herbert's special, man. Sorry, my kid in the background going crazy right yeah. now. Oh,
1: you're good. I've been crying for the last <laughs>
4: 10 minutes because
1: we've been having technical difficulties. So yeah. trust me, your baby ain't got nothing on my whining, dude. We're, we're good, I promise. But Yeah, yeah uh, Herbert's nice. Though. I like Herbert a lot. Though. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think it's it's by far the best chance outside of what Deshaun Watson has been to being a quote-unquote rival to Patrick Mahomes because of the tangibility of how many times they can be facing each other. There's, there's yeah. something to that, but I want to see him prove himself. I want the Chargers to prove themselves a little bit more before we start giving them those flowers because I don't think they've earned that to this point. But I want to segue to something else because I think the thing that, that, that the national media and a lot of other people quite frankly have been missing on is just how impressive the last three games for the Chiefs have been. Because not only did they do something I have never seen before where a team beats three straight divisional foes in a row, but they did it within an 11-day frame and outscored those three teams 104-46. to 46. Now, what makes it even more impressive is the fact that all three of those teams either currently are or we're still in playoff contention. So this isn't like the AFC East back in the mid-2000s where the Patriots reeled off three straight victories against teams that had four combined wins. We're talking about three teams that could still very well get in the playoffs, or even going into this game against the Chargers, could have won the division, get the one seed. There's a lot of scenarios, so I don't think the Chiefs are getting enough respect here, man. Despite how they started, people gotta start looking at this. This is seven weeks of work here they put together on the defensive side, the offense has come alive, the narrative has been that the Chiefs can only score against the Raiders, then they go and put up 500 yards and 34 points against the Chargers. Why aren't they getting the respect, man? Do you think that people are getting bored with the Chiefs or people just have a lack of belief because of how they started the season? What are you seeing?
4: I think they have the respect. I just think it's what you said. People are just bored of them already. Like they're looking for the new shiny toy. That's why you're seeing all this Herbert hype. Uh, early in the year, Lamar's getting a lot of hype as well, obviously when they beat the Chiefs too. So, you know, I just think, you know, people are just looking for the new thing because talking about the Chiefs all the time, winning the AFC is kind of boring for the national media you know how it is man they want to create these storylines and get people more intrigued because if you just say the Chiefs are going to run through the AFC that's boring that's not that's not creating ratings it's not creating controversy it's Mm -hmm. not getting people talking about things so you know deep down people they know but for the TV and for the radio they got to put on this face man that's all it is
1: what, was it concerning to you at all because the Chiefs ended up having 86 total rushing yards and Patrick had 32 of them, ended up leading the team in rushing? Is it concerning to you at all that the Chiefs couldn't run against the 31st-ranked rushing defense or do you think that the Chargers are starting to finally put it together on the defensive side and that the Chiefs will be able to bounce back and run the ball a little bit better as the season progresses?
4: Yeah, I'm not concerned. The Chargers have actually have been doing better against the run lately. I know their season... Numbers don't look good because they started off really, really bad against the run. But lately, they've actually been pretty good against the run. And I'm not concerned because that O-line is so physical, man. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Orlando Brown's been playing really good ball lately. Nobody's talking about him because he was getting ragged on a lot early in the season. But Mm. you haven't heard much lately, and that's a good thing. If you don't hear much from an O-lineman, that means they're playing good. But if you hear stuff from that means they're probably not playing that good, unless you're Creed Humphrey. Because Creed Humphrey has a really cult-like following on Twitter right now. You see that video, the Creed is good, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. They,
1: they, they did their thing on that one for sure. And yeah. It's good to see that it's finally getting some national recognition. That's uh that's without question. But something else I wanted to ask you, Mark, because I, I think you see it a lot different than a lot of other people do because you're so close to the big markets. And back here in Kansas City, we always take everything as disrespect and, you know, they don't believe in us. And I'm, I'm very guilty of that, trust me. But – when it comes to the grittiness of this Chiefs team, when you see that they miss Chris Jones and LeGaria Sneed and Willie Gay and we're still able to put the clamps on the Chargers, a team the team that, that can score at will at times. And they've been inconsistent at times, but they have a very skilled offense. To see that happen, I, I built a scenario a few weeks ago where I asked this question, would you rather see the Chiefs get back to that 2018 style of offense where they're just scoring at will, but the defense regresses dramatically, or the defense continues their dominance and the offense kind of picks their spots to be great but still struggle and frustrate the shit out of all of us, which scenario would you go with that gives the Chiefs the best chance of winning the Super Bowl?
4: Uh, Definitely the latter for sure because if you have a defense that can buckle down, then you don't have to score that many points. I mean, we saw it before these last seven games. Chiefs won games scoring 19, you know, 22 points, things like that. So if they can just pick their spots and score when they really need to, I mean, even this last game, they didn't look that good until the fourth quarter. They scored 21 points, three straight drives. So, I mean, yeah, I would definitely take the latter for sure, because while 2018 was fun, all the fireworks and stuff like that, pretty stressful when you know that. Your defense has literally no chance of getting a stop. <laughs> I mean, that's what
1: I'm trying to tell people. And I'm not trying to piggyback on your take here. But – This is, to me, the most dangerous Chiefs team we've had in the Mahomes era. And I'm not trying to copy what Nick Wright has said. I've actually been saying this since before the season because I felt that the defense was going to take a big step this year. Obviously, the first month and some change, they did the opposite of that. But once you move Chris Jones back in, he gets healthy. Frank Clark gets healthy. You add Melvin Ingram. Willie Gay takes that step up. Nick Bolton is a surprise rookie. A lot of good things on the defensive side start to come together, and all of a sudden, you have one of the best defenses in the league Patrick Mahomes no longer has to put that cape on each and every week, and that's why this team is so dangerous, because your best player, the best quarterback in the world, doesn't have to be that guy each and every week. It takes that pressure off. It allows him to focus more on the subtleties of the game, where he can just take what the defense is giving him. He doesn't have to score a 10-yard a, a play every or 10, a 10-touchdown 10 play at each every drive. He just gets to do what he needs to do and just work his way into the offense. Now, when it comes to the rest of the AFC, I I stand firmly that the Chiefs are in, in, in a league of their own. But let's say the Chiefs don't get the one seed. Which is the which team is the one that you don't want to see in the AFC Chief Championships, where the Chiefs have to finally play their first road game, if you will, under the in the Mahomes era in the playoffs. Which is the place what what place is the last place
4: you'd like to see the Chiefs go? So this answer might be kind of weird because I already dogged this team earlier, but it's the Patriots. And it's only because weird stuff happens in foxborough <laughs> yeah
1: <they're, laughs> like yeah.
4: you know our, our our mics might go out or you know you know the the headphones might stop working you know the balls may be flat you know i i, I want nothing to do with playing bill belichick in foxborough because it's just too much weird shit happens there that's nothing to do with that's really not to do with the team i'm really not scared of the team i mean they have a good defense their defense is really good obviously Obviously, Bill Belichick is the great, greatest defense of mine ever. So you have to respect that. And he has shown times of frustrating Mahomes, you know, for a half. Not for a full game, but for a half. But, you know, the Mac Jones thing just doesn't really scare me that much. But I would still rather not go to Foxborough, especially because if it's an AFC championship game and if the Tampa Bay is an NFC championship game, you know the narrative is going to be Brady versus Belichick. And let's say that game is first and the Brady already wins. You know, they're going to want the Patriots to win that game. So I just don't want nothing to do with that. Mark, you (laughs) got to get out of
1: my head, dude. You got to get out of my head because (laughs) this is what I said. I told Trevor this last week. I I know everybody wants the rematch, the Bucks versus the, the Chiefs. But even before that, with what you just said, if it is Chiefs versus Patriots and let's say it's the Packers versus the Bucks in the NFC Championship I I'm more worried about the officiating than I'm worried about the actual matchups because you know if they are if the NFL is one game away from that being the matchup where it's the Patriots versus the Bucks which is really Belichick versus Brady they're going to do everything in their power, man. And wouldn't it be so on-brand with as bad as the officials, NFL officials have been this year? Wouldn't it just be so on-brand if the Chiefs get like 18 penalties in that one game and they lose by a field goal and you just know it was the it was the repeat performance of what happened in the Super Bowl where they just could not get a rhythm because they were getting a penalty every three plays? And so when it comes to the Bucks and it comes to that rematch, Man, I'm so much worried about facing the officials than I am facing the Bucks again because I think the Chiefs match up really well against the Bucks. I yeah. think they would beat the Bucks on a neutral f- field, and I think they would. I think if it was a fair, if you got those officials against the Chargers just two nights ago, I think the Chiefs beat the Bucs straight up. I think they beat them. I would, I would hammer the points. I know you're a betting man. Yeah. I think you would agree with me on that, Mark. What do you say?
4: Yeah, for sure. It's just yeah, it's just the extra stuff you got to worry about the officiating, but yeah. If both teams are healthy, I love the Chiefs in that matchup. I'm actually more scared of the Packers. I think the Packers are the one team that legitimately could beat the Chiefs because they have a really good defense. They haven't even been healthy, They've been missing the Pro Bowl corner, missing one of their D linemen. So they're, those guys are coming back. And, you know, I mean, they were competitive against us without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it is what it is. You yeah. can't ignore that. That was impressive for them. So, you know, if they – that matchup happens, and I think it. I think that. I think it will. That's my pick, actually. Chiefs-Packers because it feels like it's kind of aligning that way. Because the first time we played them, no Mahomes. Mm. Second time we played them, no Rodgers. Third time's a charm, man. it's yeah. gonna happen. I think it's gonna happen. I you, think you just feel like two, the football gods.
1: That we need yeah. to get that aligned, man. That needs yeah. to be aligned. It, it's <laughs> it's criminal that Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, which by the way would be the greatest talent duo on the same field in the history of the nfl we we deserve that like we never got lebron and kobe in the finals thanks to dwight howard's ass <laughs> we can't allow this to, to go without happening man because you know the more likely Rodgers is going to get out of the nfc after this offseason and you're not going to see a super bowl or a state farm bowl if you will so this has to happen this year i'm with you man i hope that happens a couple more questions here now that the Chiefs have gotten that big victory out of the way, that was the, the I think that was the division divisional cider. They're now in that one spot. I agree with you. I think the Colts are going to end up winning this game today. Do you see any slip up though? Because the Chiefs have the Steelers coming back home. You have the the Bengals at, on the road, and then you have the Broncos in Denver to finish off the season. Do you see any trap game issue going on? Because if the Chiefs finish off the season with the wins, it's a ten win. It's a ten win streak. That's a big streak to have going into the playoffs. How do
4: you see the rest of the season going for the Chiefs? So the next game, I'm completely not worried one bit. <laughs> uh, big Ben is washed. They have time, extra time to prepare. It's in Arrowhead. Chiefs are going to blow out Pittsburgh. It's not going to be a game. But Cincinnati, a little bit, not too much they're still very young they're very inconsistent and you know they're gonna be fighting for their playoff lives obviously but I just don't just don't trust them on a week-to-week basis to say that they can actually beat the Chiefs but surprisingly that last game kind of scares me a little bit only because I think that's gonna be a game where Denver needs to win to get into the playoffs and yeah. I think that scenario where like if they win they're in or they maybe need a little bit of help but that game is going to mean a lot to them, but it's going to mean a lot to the Chiefs too because they're trying to get the one seed. But it's in Mile High. They haven't beat us in forever. I mean, it's feel like they're they're due to beat us eventually. I'm not going to beat them every single time, right? Yeah. And you know, last week in Denver, the weather could be crazy. So, I mean, I think I still think we're going to win out. But that Denver game actually causes me more pause for concern than Cincinnati does, which may surprise some people. Mark, I don't know how much of a narrative guy you are,
1: but something that. I actually would be a little bit more excited about is something that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have yet to do. And what I mean by that is this: you talked about how the Chiefs are going to, you know, currently have the one seed if everything stopped right now, and they would have home field three out, and you only need to win two home games. The Chiefs have done that now for the last three years or two years, but we've never seen something from Patrick Mahomes going and winning on the road in the playoffs, and you know. A narrative is going to happen. If the Chiefs end up getting that one seed, they have two home games into the Super Bowl, people are going to start saying, well, he's never actually won a road game in the playoffs. We want to see Patrick do that before we can start putting him in the Tom Brady echelon. Honestly, Mark, I'm not going to complain if the Chiefs get the one seed and get the home field throughout because honestly, that would give them a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl, and I'm all for that. But there's a part of me (laughs) that kind of wants to see Patrick Mahomes have that 2010-11 Green Bay Packers run where they go on the road for three games and just whoop some ass, and Aaron Rodgers ends up beating the Steelers in the playoffs. And it kind of put Aaron at that, that upper echelon ever since. He hasn't been back since. But people always quote that, always go back to that. People give Joe Flacco all that credit for going on the road and winning those road games in Denver and New England, and everyone's giving him praise for that. I feel like that would be another notch on the Mahomes' belt. Which one would you rather see if it just came from a narrative perspective?
4: And, and we're going to Super Bowl no matter what? Yes. <laughs> well, obviously, I'll pick that because it's a harder path and you still went. So, yeah, if you're telling me we're still going to the Super Bowl, then, yeah, I'll take, I'll take that because yeah. that's a bigger argument, you know, for the Mahomes' camp. But, you know, obviously, I want the one seat. I want the easiest mm-hmm. path possible. But, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. We're not going to be the one seat every single year. It's definitely going to happen. I mean, the Chargers are going to win the AFC West a couple times during Herbert's career. We're not going to win it every year. So it's going to happen eventually, but hopefully it doesn't happen this year. I don't want to see it this year.
1: Now, now, I'm jumping way ahead because we still got season games to go. We have the playoffs, we have the Super Bowl, we have the draft, all these things coming up. But, man, I think there's going to be some big names moving in this offseason. I think that we saw the preliminary movements from Aaron Rodgers he, where he did everything in his power to get out of Green Bay. didn't work out. Now he's making sure he's going to be gone. I think no matter how the season ends for the Packers, he's gone. I'm not big on the Broncos being the team that's going to end up getting him. I think that the Broncos are going to get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's going to be more of a realistic scenario for them. I think the Russell Wilsons in up probably with the Giants. But, man, this might sound crazy. But I'm going to get outheaded. I've been saying this for about five months now. I think if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I think if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm talking to the Cleveland Browns about getting that trade in there because the Browns have draft assets. They have a talented roster. Aaron Rodgers would be moved from the NFC to the AFC in a very winnable division in the AFC North with a lot of questions around Lamar Jackson, who's going to be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, how good are the Bengals really. It's great for Aaron Rodgers because he's not in the AFC West, but he's out of the NFC. It's great for the Packers because they get a bunch back and they get Aaron out of the NFC. And it's obviously great for the Browns because they get Aaron freaking Rodgers. What are your thoughts on that move being a possible scenario for Aaron
4: Rodgers in 2022? I mean, it makes sense. The only thing I would say about that to give a little pushback is does Aaron Rodgers want to live in Cleveland? You know, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a diva. You know, he's from California. He's been living in Green Bay. His whole career, cold weather. It's hard for me to imagine that he willingly... Would like to play in Cleveland, but everything else makes sense, though. You got the roster, you got the talent, you got the division that's very winnable. You know, everything makes sense besides the fact that they're in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah.
1: And the Chiefs have their own problems uh, when it comes to how they're going to restructure this uh, this roster after the season, and we're going to have you on the show this off season if that's cool with you, man, but I, no, I want to get good. out. I want to get ahead of this as well. The Chiefs are going to have about $25 to $30 million to play with this offseason. And with the caps going up, they're going to be able to spend a little bit more. Now, Tyron Matthew and Orlando Brown Jr. are immediate needs. They're priorities. you got to take care of them. And I think the Chiefs are. But the biggest priority to me is Tyreek Hill. Now, I know he's got another year on his contract after this season. But he's now had back-to-back-to-back All-Pro seasons. In fact, he's had one of the greatest five-year stretches in the history of the NFL for a wide receiver. He's been unbelievable. It's basically been like what Antonio Brown was with the Steelers. If I'm the Chiefs, I pay him whatever you can right now. Because if you give him another year and another opportunity to add another great season to it, I don't know. He might price himself out of the Chiefs. If I'm the Chiefs, I pay Tyreek Hill over Tyron Matthew. I think Orlando Brown Jr. is going to get the tag. But how would you go about prioritizing those guys this offseason?
4: Yeah, I agree with you. They got to take care of Tyreek this offseason. You don't want to take the risk of, you know, other teams getting in his ear and things like that and guys overpaying for him and you can't afford to get him. So definitely got to lock him in. And I agree with the tag on Orlando. And I still think they're going to try to get a deal done with Tyron Matthew, man. I really do. You know, he's, he's the leader of that defense, man. You can't you – can't, he's invaluable, man. You know, guys love him. You know, he has that passion that you love. You know, you don't want to see him go somewhere else, like a Baltimore or, you know, Cleveland or something like that. You don't want to see that. So I think they can take care of all three of those guys this offseason. And also, you didn't mention Frank Clark. I think they're going to restructure his deal. Obviously, they're going to get out of that current contract. But I think they want to keep him around because people are saying, you know, they want to get rid of him. I think people were saying that because they're thinking about his current contract. No, if you can get him on a – Fair deal, restructure the contract. He's still a very, very productive player. I mean, we're seeing it this year. He's coming along very well lately, this past seven weeks. He's got a lot of pressure. So I think if you still keep him around and bring his boy back, you know, him and Jaren Reed played together in Seattle. Jaren Reed's starting to play pretty good. You got Christian Jones back in the inside. I see no reason why you want to get rid of uh, Frank Clark unless he's asking for too much, which I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah.
4: What do you think is going to happen with Derek Carr? You know, he's actually the guy that I can see going to Cleveland. Oh, I can
3: okay.
4: see him going to Cleveland. I can see that happening. Uh, I don't think they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Sorry to kill your, your theory there. <laughs> I, I, don't I just so don't – it just hard for me to imagine Aaron Rodgers playing in the city of Cleveland. But I can see Derek Carr going there. I can see that. Um, Vegas, they have to move on. And Derek Carr is not even a bad quarterback. It's not nothing to do with him. It's just that you know who he is at this point. He's, you're, you already know who he is. So move on. Maybe even give Marcus Mariota a shot. I mean, why not? I mean, they bring him in at times to run the ball. You know, I mean, this guy was a former Heisman guy. So, I mean, he's still young. See what he got. Why not?
1: Are the Lakers going to trade Russell Westbrook? <laughs> oh, man, you hit me with that one out of nowhere.
4: <laughs> um, Put that full court blitz on you, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to lean and say No. Only because LeBron and AD were so adamant in getting him here, and their friends off the court, unless something just is something you just cannot refuse, and I don't see that happening because Westbrook's contract is crazy. So I'm not sure who'd be willing to take that on. I'm a lean no, but man, I, the Lakers—they're a mess, man. They're a mess. Yeah, they took what an 18-point
1: L to the damn Timberwolves last night. We had Cat out there saying too short to AED after he put some buckets on him. It's, it's not tucky, looking good, man. I'm hard, not worried man. yet. It's getting there. It's definitely getting there. But uh, one more question for you when it comes to the NBA, because I, I love talking NBA with you, Mark, because I know you're just as plugged in with the NBA as you are the NFL. Uh, it sounds like Kyrie is going to make a part-time effort to get back into things. Sounds like he was uh, open-minded or they're going to allow him to play some road games, which is going to make some weird implications for the playoffs if, in fact, this in- ends up continuing the way it goes. But then we hear that he's under COVID protocols, according to Shams and uh, uh, Woj. So make sense of the situation for me, man, because it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand how they'll be able to have any kind of rhythm uh, with their team, especially moving into the playoffs with him playing part-time and only on the road. I I, Make
4: sense of this for him, man. There's no making sense of this. (laughs) Uh, You know, but the Nets, they gave in. They said before the year, we don't want Kyrie around unless he's fully committed, which means he's available for road and home games. But now they've been hit with COVID, guys being out the lineup, Harden being in and out the lineup. So they got desperate, and now they're allowing him to come back just for road games, uh, which is very, very weird to me. And you know, the protocols in New York, the law is not going to change anytime soon. I mean, especially with this new variant out right now. So that's going to remain a thing unless he ends up getting vaccinated, which I have no reason to believe that he will. So once it comes to the playoffs, that's going to be so crazy. Like he's going to miss a game seven at home. Right. (laughs) Like, I mean, and not to mention people aren't mentioning this, which is a very likely possibility. You know, San Francisco has the same loss. Oh. And there's a good chance the Warriors and Nets may play in the finals. So that means he would not be able to play <laughs> any games in the finals if that's the matchup. Damn. I mean, would, if I'm the Nets,
1: aren't you just trading Kyrie at this point? Who's going to take him? I thought that the last time, but here we are. He's on the Nets. I, I mean, it's it's... It's so mind-boggling, though, that they're holding on to this because I don't. I'm with you. I don't think Kyra's getting vaccinated, and until he gets vaccinated, it makes no sense to, to be playing him on a part-time. Especially, like you said if it is in fact the Warriors or the Lakers or whoever they're facing on the California side, it makes so no sense. He's just a distraction at this point, man. He's a great player, but he is a distraction at this point. There's no point of having him on this roster.
4: Yeah, it's. It's ridiculous, man. It's like I don't know, man. I, I there's no making sense of Kyrie Irving, so I'm not even going to try to make sense of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a mess. One more question. I said that last time, but I mean it this you said time. It like five he, times already. I, 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 I,
3: I, I just they
1: <laughs> keep coming to me, Mark. We don't get you very often, man. So I'm trying to live it up when we have you here.
4: Who's winning the NFL MVP? It's gonna be Tom Brady, man. Fuck. <laughs> you know. Uh, You know, I don't like it. I don't necessarily agree with it. But you can already see the narrative being shaped already. And unless he just falls off the earth these last three weeks, he's going to win it. Which, And I don't think he will. I mean, look at their schedule. They play the Saints. They play the Panthers again. And they play somebody else that's weak. Like, their schedule, they're going to win out. Like, And he's going to rack up touchdowns. And you know one thing that bothers me about the touchdown numbers with him? If you really watch their games, a lot of his touchdowns, are at the freaking one-yard line. Are, like, near the goal line where they really should run the ball. But it's like they're stat padding for him. He gets a lot of, like, gimme touchdowns. But if you're not watching the games, you're just like, oh, he threw for four touchdowns today. Five touchdowns. Like, three of them were, like, two-yard passes. But whatever. No, I'm
1: glad Mark brought that up. Because I literally said that on the show today. That everyone was crushing Patrick Mahomes for having all those yak yards against the Chargers just two days ago. Yet... Tom Brady has had four different games this season alone where he had more yak yards than what Patrick had against the Chargers. Go fucking figure, man. This is unbelievable, Mark. Nevertheless, our guy Mark Gunnels was so kind to come on the show with us today, man. We really do appreciate it. I know you got a busy schedule. I know you got the kiddo, man. I know you got a life. You got your own thing going on. But nevertheless, man, we really do appreciate you being here. Our guy from Mark My Words Podcast. You guys need to download and subscribe to that podcast. I absolutely love when he drives it on there, man. Uh, You had some great bet wagers uh, last week. I saw people giving you a lot of credit. Whenever Mark drops a line, man, whenever he tells you guys to bet over, bet under, whatever it is, you got to listen to my guy, Mark, because he knows what he's talking about. Mark, before you go, say whatever you want to say. Plug whatever you want to plug, man, because it's your platform.
4: Yeah, man. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Mark My Words on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts at. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram for all my content. I write for Arrowhead Pride. I post betting videos for the Lakers on Lakers Nation. So follow me on Twitter at Mark8Gunnels and Instagram at mark A gunnels And, yeah, you'll see everything I post on both of those platforms. Mark, you're the absolute best, man. We we're going to have you back on. In the meantime, man, you enjoy your weekend and enjoy this
1: Chiefs victory because I know I am, man. It's been a great 11 days.
4: Yeah, man, go Colts and go Pittsburgh this weekend. Let's go.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a great day, Mark. All right, man. You too, man. All right, that's our, our Mark. Our, our, our guy Eddie's here. Actually, sw- switch me real quick, Eddie, because we need to we need to adjust again. Uh, we're gonna get my mic and my uh, audio back on. In the meantime, Trevor, give me some takeaways from what you uh, what you had on that Mark uh, Mark Gunnells interview, man.
0: Yeah. So, uh, 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 headphones. Taking them with you. Um, yeah. I mean. Class, classy guy, as always. That was a great interview. Uh, definitely enjoy his takes, and I agree with damn near everything that guy has to say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as as far as the NBA takes and the Kyrie stuff and the Tom Brady winning the MVP because he likes to throw the two-yard touchdowns at the line of scrimmage and uh, have good running backs and defenses at all times. So I agree with all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, what more can I say, man? I was, I was pretty much lock and step with everything he was talking about. Uh uh, wise why, why guy because I agree with everything he says so he's got to be wise right so <laughs> definitely enjoy his takes well spoken guy great guest one well, of my
1: favorite Patriots matchup like what are you looking for in this game
0: yeah I mean in this game I, I both teams are going to want to establish the run I mean that's that's how both these teams these offenses are built um, I but I do think there's more to the Colts offense than there is to the Patriots offense I think the Patriots offense are more hamstrung by their quarterback I don't think Mac Jones is a great thrower of the football yet I think he's accurate but uh, I think Carson Wentz has better chops downfield, and he's obviously got the better weapon in Michael Pittman and the uh, the two tight ends. So I think I think Michael Pittman has a chance to have a good game here, but I don't think it's very likely. I think both teams are going to try to establish the run and try to be very – I think it's going to be a defensive game where there's a lot of rush attempts. Both quarterbacks are going to want to play conservative. Uh, you want to try to not lose the game, so Carson Wentz throwing less is definitely ideal, getting Jonathan Taylor rolling, which I think he's – I don't think anyone's stopping Jonathan Taylor at this point. This is why I don't even want to see the Colts in the playoffs. If the Chiefs run into the Colts in the playoffs, yeah. that, that's not a good matchup. I yeah. just think Jonathan Taylor is a scary man.
1: Mark said that as well. He goes, that w- that yeah. would be the team. I mean, he doesn't want to give them that much credit yet. I agree with him. Not, not-,
0: wanting, not wanting to go to Foxborough, that's the last place you want to go. But I think the last team I want to face is the Colts. Yeah. Because of it, it's a very well coached team, Carson Wentz can't have those big blow up games. Because Michael Pittman is an absolute stud, wide receiver one, and Jonathan Taylor is a one man record. Let me just say it's no,
1: real, it's, it's go really good, time. really quick. I, it's really good to have Eddie back because it just feels like when Eddie goes, <laughs> I turn everything just goes off. to shit. <laughs> so yeah. that was fun. Mark Mark literally uh, hits us up. He's like, "I'm ready to go now," and then everything just goes to shit. Well, I didn't know. Yet. Yeah, it's I didn't been know. an absolute there was blast. No, but yeah, this is this this is these are the memories of the spoken podcast that we will remember Don't you forever. ever leave again, Eddie. We might have some good segments. Remember those times, guys, when the mic just goes off and uh. the camera goes off and Marks is waiting for us. Is, yeah, my bad. We this is what we, we do, man. It. But anyway, my Eddie, bad. yeah, give us give us some takeaways on that as well, man.
2: Look, man, uh, I, I like the whole Colts take and everything. It's just I don't know if I can rely on Carson Wentz. Can he stay healthy in, in this in this home stretch? Can he stay healthy going into the playoffs? Can he stay healthy in the playoffs? That, I think that's the biggest question mark that we have with the Colts. Is can Carson Wentz yeah. stay healthy? I, I think that's the question that everybody's asking themselves. The the Colts are getting rolling at the perfect freaking time. They're just they're just getting hot, getting hot right before the playoffs. And we know any team that goes in hot into the playoffs, they keep it they keep it rolling in the mm. playoffs. So, I agree. As in, like that's one team I would not like to face, but the inconsistency of the team also makes me like not be worried Defense too much. too, man. I I understand, but yeah. like I said, the inconsistency of the team, it, it's like. Uh, I guess it's like seeing the Chiefs' offense in a way with their offense. Mm. They just have a better running game. Why do I say that? Because I think our, our offense and their offense kind of go hand-in-hand to the inconsistency. Uh, I think we're both just as inconsistent, and our defense are uh, outstanding and are excelling uh, to their own standards. We so just have
0: the X-factor at quarterback. When, when, we, exactly, when we absolutely no, need exactly, him. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. But – like, if you look at the both teams, I think you have great defenses and then the offenses who are both uh, inconsistent. Mm. So, it'll be a good matchup. But at the end of the day, I think the quarterback will be the... Will you
0: see the, the Colts win?
2: The Colts or win win tonight, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I see the Colts winning. I, I think the Bills, uh, they're they're playing the Patriots. I think the Patriots... Well, it's uh, next week, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the Patriots uh, could potentially win tonight. But I, I think... Mac Jones and and him still being a rookie, and being in this types of crucial games, it's the it's best gonna, defense he's faced. It's gonna be a little yeah. too much for him. He's a he's a good quarterback. I am not gonna. I am yeah. not saying he's not a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but I'm saying he hasn't like Trevor said he hasn't faced this type of defense this whole season, and he's uh we're in, we're in those games where every game is crucial. Can he handle the pressure of every, of the remainder of the schedule? Can he handle that pressure going into the playoffs? So We'll see that might play a factor tonight might be a little too much for him. We'll see.
1: Okay. Well, that's now we're gonna we're gonna drop our, our lines today on our social media as far as uh, what we see exactly how this game's gonna go with scores and things of that nature. Uh, I'm I'm one that's not complaining because of the fact that we have five straight days of football. In fact, <laughs> six of seven days are gonna be football. Yeah, like eight of ten. Yeah, eight of ten, six of seven. However you want to say it. So because you have Thursday night, off Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday. Tuesday. Because there's supposed to be a Tuesday game now. I think they're, they're talking about the, I think it's the Browns and uh, Raiders game might be moved to Tuesday. So that's, yeah,
2: that, that's uh, I We're, know they got moved yesterday, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. They got moved
2: so
0: to
1: the Seahawks game too. Yeah, to
2: Monday. Who, who's playing Monday? There's two, <coughs> two games Monday and Tuesday. So to right now, probably. as
1: it currently stands, yeah, cause Eagle,
2: this, Eagles, Washington and Seahawks. I don't know. It's on Tuesday. Monday
1: yeah. is Browns. Uh, Raiders. Raiders. Okay, so it looks like yeah. So okay, so it looks like Tuesday is going to be actually Seahawks, Rams, and then Washington football mm-hmm. team versus the Eagles. Yeah. So that's the Tuesday games. I apologize. Yeah, and then on, on, on Monday, Monday night, it's Vikings, Bears, Raiders, Browns. is the uh, early game on Monday night. Um, yeah, so it's it's been a chaotic thing. But here's the thing. The NFL didn't really have any choices in the matter because you can't have the Browns go out there and field a team with 20 guys out. That's just a complete yeah. disadvantage, yeah, yeah. man. And all the players, uh, it was reported today on, by Mike uh, uh, Garofolo that uh, all the players with the Browns that tested positive were vaccinated players. So they should be And ready with the to new go. protocols. Yeah, go, with yeah. the new protocols. Go Browns, let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they should be all good to go. Baker Mayfield should be good to go. Kevin Stefanski nice. should be good love, to go.
2: I love how social media were all like, oh, well, the Broncos play without a quarterback. I was like, well, that was only the quarterbacks. I think right. that were out. I don't well, yeah. think they...
1: Hey. They, and they also violated Violate, NFL exactly. protocols. Yeah. So they true. were all within close proximity of each other. are not supposed to be in that I same say, room. I would yeah. say if if the, the Broncos. Browns, who cares? Yeah, I <laughs> would say I mean? if the
2: Browns or somebody like big team had violated the, the fucking protocols, this, their game would have been forfeited. Well, and
1: there's also a difference, too, because they didn't have the vaccine back then. When exactly. the Broncos tested positive, there was no vaccine to give these guys, so they couldn't bank on these guys being vaccinated players. Yeah, yeah. Totally different situation. So... I actually want to move to this because we have a couple seconds ago, and then we're gonna be out of here, guys. And we appreciate uh, our guy Mark Gunnel so much for being on here, man. I jumped all over the being board patient. with those questions. I was so ready to go, man. Shit. He he he's such a busy guy, dude. And and I promise you guys, you follow him, he's gonna he's gonna make you money. He he's really good with his wagers, man. He's really good with the over unders. He man he he hammers lines all the time, and he's almost always money, literally. So give him a follow if that's also something you're big into as well and it goes across the board not just football but basketball as well he's big into that as well um i actually want to uh preview the chief stealers game i know that we're about 13 days away 12 <laughs> games 12 days away but by the time we do our yeah. next show man we're going to be sitting here talking about this game again and we've had so many games clumped together that i feel like it's only necessary that we talk about this upcoming game for the chiefs and the reason why is because i'm with mark I- i'm going to keep this one as simple as possible There is a real chance the Chiefs could slip up in the next three weeks and and, and find a way to squander that one seed. I don't think it's going to happen, but the Steelers game is the one that I'm the least concerned about, just like Mark said. Reason being... Ben Roethlisberger has been awful this season in a lot of ways. I know people are trying to convince themselves over the last like four or five games he's throwing like nine, ten touchdowns and only like three picks. And I really hope the Steelers convince themselves to stick on with sticking with him for one more year because that would just be beautiful to have a forty-year-old Ben Roethlisberger out there with his fucking you know uh, 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 doves flying south boobies and just go out there trying to try to convince him that he can still play quarterback at the NFL level. I I really hope that happens. The the, the matchup I know that the Steelers have T.J. Watt and guys that can play well on the defensive side. Their secondary's been actually pretty bad over the last several weeks. Mm. And I think the Chiefs could really expose a few things on the defensive side. I think with a healthy Chris Jones and Lajarius Need and Willie Gay back, guys, I think the Chiefs could have their best defensive game against the Steelers. And I know they have weapons. Chase Claypool, I know they have Washington, I know they have a good run game with Najee Harris. I don't think that the Steelers are going to put up any real points against this Chiefs team. In fact, I think this could be that week where the Chiefs go back to giving up single digits on mm-hmm. the defensive side. And I think this is a game where the Chiefs really tack on on the offensive side and get ready for maybe a potential shootout mm-hmm. against the Bengals because that's the team that I think could really give the Chiefs some fits. Because the matchup-wise, Bengals are a pretty good matchup for the Chiefs. So I said a couple weeks ago, I think that's the team that could give the Chiefs fits in the playoffs. If they fought, I'd still pick the Chiefs. But that's the game over the Broncos hot. game yeah. and over the the. Steelers game because the Broncos, the Bengals game is a game maybe the Chiefs may lose a focus because they know the next week they have to go into Denver and win a big divisional game. That's the one I'm looking at. But this Steelers game, guys, I feel so fucking good about it, man. And it's so nice to think that we get to wait over a week to just sit here and salivate on those three straight divisional wins. And now you get to face a hobbling Steelers team in your house I don't know if I've felt better as a Chiefs fan yeah. all season long than I do right this second. Guys, Trevor, what do you think about the Steelers' matchup?
0: Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you and Mark when he talked about how the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I think this could go similar to the way the, the, the Bengals, how the Bengals beat them. The abs- the Bengals' defense, I think there was, a, I think they had a couple defensive touchdowns. I think Big Ben threw, the, like, three picks. And there was, like, a, f- a fumble recover. Like, there was an absolute just dismantling of the Steelers, and I definitely think this defense – not even our offense has to. I don't think our offense is going to have to do that much. <coughs> I'm not even worried about Pittsburgh's defense. I'm, I am think our defense is going to go to work on Big Ben. Because the way they play offense feeds right into our strengths. They play a lot of underneath, a lot of dig and dunks, a lot of quick passes to Deontay Johnson, Claypool, and the tight end, uh, Friar Muth. Um And then Najee Harris, They just Najee Harris isn't getting to his full potential because that O-line sucks. That O-line sucks, so Najee's not going to be able to eat as much. I mean, I think... I think we could let Najee run a little bit and let him play to the strengths and let Ben make mistakes because I think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I just think our defense is going to have a heyday here. I really do. The Bengals absolutely their defense just was all over Big Ben. If that defense is going to do that, a very inconsistent defense. I think our defense getting up Chris Jones back, getting everybody back, Laters Sneak coming back with you know playing with a heavy heart and wanting to play motivated football. I just think there's a lot of factors that go into this that just line – the stars are aligning for an absolute just blowout on both sides. I think, I think Pat could go out there and do what he needs to do, but I don't think he's going to have to because I think our defense is probably going to score a touchdown here of some sort or have a couple um, turnovers forced. And I think we're going to play with good field position most of the day because of those turnovers, because of uh, Pat just going out there. I think Travis Kelsey can absolutely eat um, – I think I just don't. I think this is like the worst matchup for the Steelers, especially at this time of year where they have to win. Granted, I will think I do think that they will have a game plan set to where they're because this is a must win for them. Yeah, this is a must win because they lose this game, their season's over. Yeah. So the, that giving them credit, giving Big Ben who he is a legend, you know, Hall of Famer, um, always finds ways to typically be in games, but he does have those letdown games. So I will give them the, the chance that. This could become a competitive game because I I, I like. I think they're well coached. I think they've they've been around the block, but I just don't think they're good. I just don't think they're good. Um, They've only won games where like they've only won like outright weird games, right? And they've tied too. So this is a team that's just not with the Lions. Yeah, this is a team that's just not good. Um, They had to have an absolute come from behind, almost victory against the Vikings, and that Vikings team was shredding them. So that Viking office, that Vikings offense is going to shred them, which is a good yeah. offense. I'm giving them credit. Obviously, they have great weapons, but that was without Adam Thielen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So right. they're without their number two receiver. Dalen Cook got banged up. He was banged up throughout the entire game. Yeah. It, it, granted, Alexander Madison's a great backup, but... They were shredding them, right? This and the 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 Chiefs rolling coming off the performance we just had and in winning in that kind of fashion mm-hmm. with that kind of momentum. Granted, that sets up an extra le- time off. That sets up a letdown game too, yeah. Because we could have blown our load and we it. this could be a letdown. But I just don't, <laughs> I don't, I think Andy Reid understands what we need to do. If there's, as much as what must win game this is for the Steelers, it's even more for us because we're trying to get that one seed. Andy Reid really, really wants that, especially with all the shit that's been talked about the Chiefs and the we and the way we started the season and then finishing the season with the one seed is all the bragging rights. And Andy Reid wants that. Patrick Mahomes wants that. Our guys want that. And I think this defense is going to be the star of the show.
2: Oh, man. Kind of far away to, to, to kind of – I still want to see what happens this <laughs>
3: week. I'm just
1: excited to talk about it, man, because yeah, we have so much time to, like, sit here and think it, about it. I wanted to at least get some quick thoughts about you, know, for you guys I'm
2: about this. I'm very confident in
3: this game.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm confident.
2: Yeah, I'm confident uh, in, in the Chiefs winning this game uh, against the Steelers. But – I want to see what the Steelers' game plan is going to be against the Chiefs, because like Trevor says, some must win for them. Mm-hmm. So, I I don't want to see. I I don't want to think that the Chiefs are are already putting this in their mind as a W, and then focusing on the Bengals and Denver after that because those are two big games. Yeah, don't think like this. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, I I I just I just uh, I just hope the Chiefs like go out there do their thing. Uh, I hope the defense just. You know, That's still a very, to, very
0: good Steelers defense. we got to give yeah. them credit, too. Like, that is a very good defense, and, too.
2: And, like, is our offense going to still be inconsistent? You know what I mean? Like, is our offense going to be the one uh, that we saw in the fourth quarter in overtime against the Chargers? Or is our offense going to be uh, what we saw from the first to the third quarter? I can
0: definitely say a run-heavy offensive scheme for the Chiefs. Because that's that, – I mean – That's, I think, especially if our defense is doing what I expect our defense to do, I think we're going to run our running backs all over the place.
2: I think Chris Jones is going to be all over Big Ben. Big Ben is not a mobile quarterback. Right. And And, and and he can't can't throw deep anymore. And the quarterbacks that have had success against the Chiefs are mobile quarterbacks, and he's not. Hmm. So... Yeah. Him having Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, and Frank Clark just fucking all over his face mm. is gonna make this game miserable for for the Steelers. Can I, They're not gonna have time to run the ball, to pass the ball. They ain't gonna have time to do
1: shit. Can I can I make a, a early prediction on this one, guys? Already, uh, I, I I think this game could be very similar to the Raiders game. Oh, <laughs> I, I really do. With the turnovers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guys, I I think the Chiefs are gonna win this game by twenty plus. And, and, the, and here's the reason why. I agree with you. Everything you guys just said made total sense. You know who else needed that victory a couple weeks ago? The Raiders. You know who else needed that in Week 10? The Raiders. You know who else needed that a couple nights ago? The Chargers. Chargers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, we can sit here, and you're right. Like, the Steelers absolutely need that victory. It doesn't mean shit when it comes to how the Chiefs... When the Chiefs click, man, I'm telling you right now. And, and here's the thing. The Steelers and Raiders are very comparable teams. Mm-hmm. They are very comparable teams. Mm-hmm stylistically the Chiefs actually match up with the Steelers very well they got names like I said TJ Watt can wreck a game TJ Watt can wreck a game he might be the best defensive player in the game yeah but if that is all you're banking on and that's what you have to go against that offensive line with Patrick Mahomes and those weapons does it does it go without say that that's not enough if your best player that the anchor of your entire roster is a pass rusher you can win games But when it comes to games of this magnitude and going into Arrowhead Stadium with this team reeling the way or feeling the way that they're feeling right now, man, I I just think that the Chiefs could easily avoid it. They could say, we're just going to go this way while TJ's over there. When TJ's over there, we're just going to go this way. We're just going to avoid him. I just see that. I see that being the way they do things. TJ's still banged up. Don't don't keep that in mind. That's true. That's very true. Who do the Chiefs do that to? Who Who they haven't done that to because you went went the opposite, completely opposite way. Well, they just did it against Max Crosby two weeks ago in the Raiders. They pretty much went every opposite direction of Max Crosby. Um, And I think that if I I, had to think back, I think they tried to do that against the Cowboys. But the Cowboys, Micah Parsons is just all over the fucking field, so you can't really avoid him. He might be the most versatile player in the NFL. I had a question about Micah Parsons.
2: Do you think he is defensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year?
1: I think he's both, man. I think I, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I think they're still going to give a lot of uh, push towards digs for defensive player there because of his interception total. But yeah. if he's, you're asking, he's quieted if, down a lot last few several weeks. If you're asking my opinion, yeah, Micah Parsons right now, dude, Is that like the first to ever do that. Yeah. yeah oh I'm, yes, I, yes. I don't think I've ever heard of it, there's but... rookie yeah. and defensive player there. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't. I can't of think of, think of, of a single person's ever done that. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't so, no, win,
0: I had a good. Rookie year, but I don't think he won. He he won no. defensive rookie of the year though. J.J. Watt, I believe, when he was rookie. Yes, yes, he did. But I don't and, think he defensive won defensive player. He
1: diff- different times defensive player of the year. Uh, Miles
0: Garrett still has a chance to win Defensive Player of the Year, I think. Though I think it depends on how and the Browns Chandler finish Jones. their season. Yeah, fair, yeah. as
1: unfair as it sounds, yeah, I think that's depends on how they finish their season. The Browns yeah. squeak into the playoffs, maybe. Yeah. But you, you guys know narratives matter so much. That's a bad story. Yeah, it's Micah Bro. Parsons. I
0: think he deserves it too. Yeah. I don't even think if he if like it's me, I'm giving thing.
1: him the I'm giving him the double crown. That kid I'm is definitely so giving him scared. the double I crown. I think he has
2: the most sacks as a rookie,
1: doesn't he? I think he broke the record. Yeah, he
0: did. He broke the rookie. And what's record.
1: so crazy? What's so crazy, man, is that that guy has only rushed the quarterback on 38 percent of his Fish. career snaps or his season snaps because he can play safety. Thirty-eight.
0: He can play slot corner. He can play linebacker, He can play defensive end. Like, it's like...
1: Fuck, line him up on safety. The mother... He, he probably put him on punter, and the dude's gonna put a net 60 yeah. yeah. on him. The, what, what's
0: insane. crazy
2: to me is he's not a big guy. No, he's no, no. Not. He's, he's, he's like a safety size. Yeah, he's yeah. not he's a like big He's like Jamal Adams.
1: He's yeah. Yeah. like Jamal Adams. He's not a big like guy. Six, six foot, six foot one... Two hundred and forty-five, two hundred fifty-five pounds, like big dude to us. Yeah. But in the NFL, he's not a monster. Dude, he's not. He's not Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett like Trevor said. Yeah, you look at other linebackers. Yeah, he's, he's not a like... wall. With feet. he's
0: the perfect defensive player for today's football. <laughs> yes. Very hybrid. Very he's, yeah. he's what this league is transitioning to. A lot of guys uh, like him. I'm mean, granted not as talented as him. It's, he's a diamond in the
1: rough. Hey, but – I'm not. The... Not giving press to me, but, hey, I did say he was going to win rookie defensive player of the yeah. year. Just so. along with, like, 98% of everyone <laughs> else. I think I might have been the only dumbass that didn't I pick him. I think you know? I picked He picked somebody Well, else. Sertan's had a great season, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. that's not a bad pick. I picked fucking Jamin Davis, yeah. who's been good, but he's not been
2: yeah.
1: Micah fucking Parsons or even Sertan to his credit. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, so, I, guys, I, I know we jumped way ahead on this, but I just really could not like hone in my excitement for this matchup because I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to blow out the, the Steelers. And the biggest reason why also is because I think they're going to take it to the same approach with knowing what's next. The Chiefs knew that they needed to blow out the Raiders in that game two weeks ago because they knew what was next, a short week against the Chargers. Okay, well, the Chiefs have two more AFC opponents, not just a divisional opponent, but... Two more AFC opponents, the Bengals, who are trying to get back into mm-hmm. or they're in the playoff uh, picture right now. Technically, in are six spots. Yeah, they're, they're, so they're so what tra- you're saying
0: is we're going to see a Chad Hennessy siding Is we're going to? I think we're
3: going to see thing. some Hennessy. I
1: think we're going to see Derek Gore again. Yeah. I think we're going to see some of these backups again, man. I think you're going to see. <laughs> I think you're going to see a lot more Mike Hughes. Day, man. Mike Hughes continues to find himself on the field, man. I think you're going to see Mike Hughes again. I think you're going to see Mike Dana. I think you're going to see a lot of these guys that we like and want to see play more football get a chance because the yeah. Steelers don't you know, get mad. We've
2: seen Hughes had. Have two great games Dang. this past season.
1: Uh, he knows how to eight. find that ball.
2: Do you think he'll take Charver's Ward's spot?
1: Yes, I actually do. Really? I, as crazy as that sounds, here's why. Charveras Ward's going to get paid. He's going to he's, get paid. He's and well and, this year, and we've seen the way the Chiefs handle the cornerback position. They don't value it the way other teams do. They're not mm. going to outspend for a corner. Mm. You saw the they didn't even give fucking Rashad mm. Breeland, who yeah. they won a Super Bowl with,
0: that four million dollars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. as much as as much as I love Shervarius Ward, <laughs> as much as awesome he has been this season, has really earned himself a We've big contract. I
0: like Rashad Fenton too, man. He's Guys, easy. I'm
1: t- I, I don't think Shervarius Ward's back. I think he's going to get himself ten, twelve million a year next oh, season somewhere else. Yeah. I really, like, there's teams out there that could really like even the Raiders. I could really see the Raiders going and giving fifty million dollars to Shavarius Ward. Yeah. I'm dead serious. They I, need it. They yeah, would need it. he would. Yeah, badly. Yeah. I, I can really see like him staying in the division. I think Snead will be the only corner. I think the Chiefs will really spend money on Yeah, I think that he will be the only corner. The Chiefs In the will words spend. of our friend B.J. Kissel: There are exceptions <laughs> to he, those rules. Man, he's the perfect Bags corner too. If and when let's say let's see let's say Snead continues playing like this, and by year four of his rookie deal, and here's the best part: you're not going to have to spend big money on him right now. Mm-hmm. Like if the Chiefs want to give him an extension yeah. after next season, which would be year three. They're not gonna have to give him 13, 14 million a year because he's a six round pick, or was it was a fourth round pick? Fourth round pick, guy that became really, really good based on the market value. You're probably spending eight to ten. Mm. I, I would do that for a luxurious need, man, because he's he's special. He's special. He's yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. Like Charvarius is really good. Legerius is like borderline elite. Like he's getting to that. Like he's not there yet. I'm not gonna put him in the elite no, category yeah, no, yet. Oh, no, no. He's getting there he's not jalen ramsey but he's like right below he's like he's between jalen ramsey and then gordon ramsey you know he's like he's in between the ramses you know what I'm mean? Saying, like i mean right he's right there he's
0: that perfect spags guy because he can he's great on blitzes too yes he's good at mixing in the this the corner blitz and yeah i think he's he'll be here for a while
1: we got one more order of business to attend to. Guys, what's it called? Hold oh, this L! Each and every week, we give out a series of L's in the world of sports. Whether they're friendly or not friendly, we promise you who was ever holding those L's in the world of sports, the motherfuckers deserve it. Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, who is holding the L for you this weekend? Why is it F1?
2: I would give it to F1. It was a chaotic race weekend this past weekend. Right?
1: I saw that. I was kind of hoping you give out an L. <laughs> but
2: I mean, you know, I would, but... <laughs> I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars deserve a bigger <laughs> L uh, <laughs> Man. I would give it to Urban Meyer but I mean I think the Jaguars deserve it a lot more because we all knew especially Lance, he knew exactly what they were getting out of Urban Meyer
0: kicking players and fucking
2: like everybody knew, even uh, even Pat McAfee uh, on the on, uh, I think it was first take where they asked him he was like, well, he, he was like what do you say? He says he comes in, he does good Scandal leaves. It's like, that, that's the Urban Meyer thing. He's a troll. It's like he's yeah. trolling
0: the league. <laughs>
2: it's just like, wow. It's like, even, like everybody knew that. I mean, I kind of knew, but you were you were adamant. I thought he was going to be I had no
0: faith in it at all. I, I thought he was going to be in for a few years. I was just years, more vocal you know? about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, I thought he was going to be in for a few years. But no, nah, there was a story that uh, came out was a couple of days ago from the, the Jaguars' uh, uh, former kicker uh, in oh. August. Lambeau. Saying that saying that he fucking he kicked him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Josh the, Lambeau. Josh Lambeau. Yeah.
1: Long time actually yeah. Jaguar kicker at the time. I c
2: yeah. w I, I can't believe what I can't I can't remember what he said. He said something about I He said don't make, fucking kick me
0: again. And then uh, you
2: gotta make those fucking kicks or some shit yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, he's like, "I'm the I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you if I want to or something yeah, like yeah. that."
2: I like, "What the dude,
0: fuck, dude?" I would have laid his ass <laughs> out. and I wouldn't care if I lost my job. It'd be well. well he did worth lose it. his job. He did. What I'm his saying, job. but like, if you're gonna go out, fucking knock his teeth in, yeah. and then bro. Went, that's and a wild. He went to the
2: locker room with the guy. He had a meeting with the guys and fucking put the coaches on the spot like that, calling them losers. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. I like, hired
0: you, but you're a loser.
2: Exactly. And then, obviously, his tenure did not start great after hiring that one dude that had. Uh, Chris, someone, Boyle. Chris, Chris Boyle. Or Chris Doyle. Chris Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Had the fucking complaints or whatever. He was a
1: racist.
2: Yeah.
0: When he was purposely holding James Robinson off the side, they're, not, they're starting running back. And yeah. so Trevor Lawrence is like, dude, are we going to put him back in the game? And he finally put him back in, like. Yeah. Because he fumbled, I guess. And, and he was like, holding draft, him out of the game.
2: He drafted a running back, I think, with the first round yeah. pick, even though. ETN, who's a
0: stud? Who's <laughs> going to be a stud? <laughs> ETN's <Etienne's> a
2: stud. <laughs> but I mean, like, you need. Need a running back yeah. at the first fucking pit. Like, come, on, like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then before the season started, you said that uh, you you gave fifty fifty snaps to uh, oh. Trevor Lawrence and fucking uh, Minshew, yeah. saying that uh, they got to like. We all knew Lawrence was a starter, like yeah. automatically. Like he's not using them right either. It's th- the scheme. There shouldn't there shouldn't have been a question of yeah fifty fifty. He took snaps away from Lawrence, like. Like snaps that he needed. Yeah, you
1: took this guy number one overall, and you're taking snaps from him.
2: For, exactly. How
1: does that help his development in any way?
2: Yeah. So I mean, the, this is all the Jaguars' fault. It, it all started with them t- trading away their 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 players, and obviously started with Jalen Ramsey. I think once Jalen Ramsey left, like the, the whole organization. Yeah. It's fixable. It's a
3: fixable
2: situation. It, because, it is, but. but... It is going to take time. They it made the right gonna move finally. It, it is going to take some fucking time. Because he they chose fucking Urban Meyer before uh, the, the Jets coach uh, and Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> uh... So, for that reason, man, Jacksonville Gyros, you're going to have to do me a favor. and Hold
0: this, this L. L! Trevor Twidwell, who's holding the L for you this week. Look, I'm going to make this quick. We touched on him a couple of times throughout this show. I'm giving it to the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, Church has been straight. I don't care. They deserve today, everything. They deserve all, that. and we haven't even given them enough because we kind of grazed through that game preview. Y'all decided to make that 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 drive around our stadium when y'all finally beat us. When Derek Har finally got away, and y'all made a couple big big plays that surprised us, and we couldn't we couldn't recover. Cool, y'all won. You enjoyed that Super Bowl. We talked about that a shit ton when that happened. You you, you felt great about that one, and then we got our revenge. Some good sweet revenge after that happened. And then uh, apparently y'all didn't learn because you got defensive leaders and, and other players in this roster rallying around the Chiefs logo in Arrowhead Stadium when your fan base is f- supremely outnumbered in our home, rallying the troops stomping on our logo, meeting in the middle of a and getting rah-rah as if y'all are going to do something, as if y'all didn't learn the last time you did that.
2: It did something.
0: They and he got yeah, you got all the Raiders the fans, David Copperfield. all the Raiders fans on Twitter pro, pro, post pre-game retweeting the video of it and talking all this shit. And the very first play, you guys fumble the ball. We take it into the end zone for six. It's the most poetic shit in the world, bro. Like, I hope they keep doing this shit. I really hope they keep doing this stuff. It's like it's almost like they're self inflicted Like y'all want to get your ass beat today? Y'all want to fucking lose this shit? Let's stop with the Chiefs logo, baby. Let's make a let's make a trip around the stadium. Like what? It's like, bro, this is the most. It's so hilarious to me. Like they just keep oh, doing fuck. this to themselves. Like as if the Chiefs need any bulletin material against the Raiders. Like, bro, it's just oh, these poor fans. I feel sorry for the fans, like because I know they're a legitimately faithful. Rowdy, great fan football. They're what, they're what every football fan base wants to be. The great fan base is in that. The fact that they're loyal and as faithful to this team as they are, kudos to them. But your players are fucking enough for you guys, bad. Because you keep trying to you keep poking the bear. That is the Chiefs, the kings of the AFC. Not even just this division, but the AFC. And y'all want to poke us? Y'all want to light even more of a fire underneath this? that we we already beat your ass once. And then you want to do this shit after we beat you already again? It's hilarious, bro. We just got to – hey, keep it up. I love it. But in the meantime, we gave you guys that L again. So you're going to have to hold another one. So in the meantime, the Las Vegas Raiders, whatever you guys want to call ourselves at this point – Do me a solid and hold hold this. Hell, hell. I just wanted. I just wanted to go out with that because I just wanted to.
1: Nothing makes me happier. I'm I'm happy the Chiefs beat the Raiders, but seeing Trevor this like Uh, I hate happy and enjoyable. Yeah, I don't hate many things. I don't hate
0: many things in my life, but. I hate the Raiders so much, dude. I hate them so much. Like, my whole life, I've
1: spent... It's personal for me. Uh, not tonight. Play. No Tim Burton it's shit. personal for me, dude. He gave
2: the L to the to the Raiders. We should give the W to the to whoever's in terms of the PA system. Oh, yeah, I the wheels on the bus. That so, I mean, shit was perfect. That was perfect, As dude. a Raiders fan, how the fuck do you react uh, to
0: that? So, yeah, Leaving
2: man. the stadium, you hear,
0: the wheels on the
1: bus. I mean,
0: Ngakwe. I mean, how sick how sick <laughs> is Ngakwe, dude, knowing when he saw that first play after he rallied the troops in the middle of our field, bro? I love it. I love
1: it. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually going to go with either one of those today. I'm actually going to. Uh, I'm actually going to double down on Eddie's, and it's in a different way, though. Yes. Um. It's not sad, but it's also kind of sad. Because I oh, think that I think that both Shad Khan and, Martin, and 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 what Trevor Lawrence can be mm. could be great things. I think Shad Khan's got a lot of good attributes too. He's been involved in AEW. He does a lot of really good things. And I, he's businessman. He's been very patient. Yeah. He's been very diligent with what he's tried to do, but he made the most epic of epic fuck ups. Not just because he hired a piece of shit like Urban Meyer, yeah. who had zero NFL experience and had zero work ethic and has been proven time and time again just how much of an absolute jackass he is. Not only did he put that much faith in him and back him up and try to give him patience and all these other things, but he did it in a season where he had the number one overall pick and one of the most skilled quarterbacks to ever come out of the draft. Yeah. Like, that—that that is the, the biggest, biggest issue. That's the biggest issue I had with Shod Khan in that decision was... Trevor Lawrence needed an Andy Reid type of head coach. Not not even just that you needed Andy Reid. Just an experienced head coach. You could have went and got Jim Caldwell. You could have went and got Todd Bowles. You could have went and got several other eligible and proven head coaches in this league, and if you wanted to go with an inexperienced guy, how about you go with a guy that's actually been in the NFL for some time? Why don't you go get Doug Peterson? Here Why don't you get me. Eric Bieniemy? Yeah. Why don't you go and get Vance Joseph? Why don't you go and get, I don't know, a coach of color because of the fact that you're giving Urban Meyer a guy that did not deserve that job, that job only continues to stoke the fires of people that say they're not giving black coaches enough opportunities. Yep. Shot Khan fucked up badly in more ways than one. So an L deserves is der- deserving to him, but in a sad way I have to give one to Trevor Lawrence because now it has been proven that he is truly with a poverty franchise. Then although Shot Khan I think means well, he to this point has been shown that he isn't capable of making good decisions. They did draft tra- tra- Trevor Lawrence, common sense move. Anybody a blind deaf guy could have made that decision though. But when I see him hire an Urban Meyer, that tells me he doesn't know what he's doing. And Trevor Lawrence has to inherit that. And until Trevor Lawrence can potentially get out of there by, week, by year five or six, if they franchise tag him multiple times, he's stuck. They could turn it around. No, I don't believe <laughs> it. Maybe they will. But my God, has the Jaguars shown you anything over the last several years that they can do that? They had one season where they're in the AFC Championship. That's because the AFC was horrifically down that year. Everything went right for them. They had a top five defense. There's a reason it was only a one-year thing, man. That that Jaguars franchise is fucked. Trevor Lawrence is fucked. Shad Khan, it's your fault. Trevor Lawrence, you're the inheritor of it all. So for that, Shad Khan, Trevor Lawrence, everybody in the Duval area, do me a solid and
3: hold this oh, out.
1: Appreciate it. Our guy, Mark Gunnels, came in the clutch, man. We appreciate him.
0: Sorry about that.
1: Gave us both NFL and NBA takes. Was patient with us through our fucking. Errors on the on the technical I'll side of things. It's what it. we do, Trevor. Hold no, the. I was kidding. Hi. It's what we do. Hey, like I said, when we lose Mister Yo Yo Yo, you start seeing things scramble. You've seen two white guys turn red. Let Eddie walk out the room real quick. You know what I mean? Uh, we're redder. We're, we're sadder than Raider Cody on a on a Raiders uh Raiders loss. Hey, don't talk about him, Lancey. Don't, don't. Oh, talk. Yeah, that's right. Don't we're talk. being mean. We talk trash on our guests. You know to do that? Even though we had video evidence that we weren't mean. <laughs> no, it's all right. Go Raiders. Go ready. <laughs> we don't know if we'll be here next week. I have no idea if we're going to have an episode next week or not. we got to figure that out because it's uh, yeah. kind of like Christmas on, uh, was it Saturday? Is that Saturday? Friday. Christmas and Eve Friday. Christmas Eve Friday. Eddie ain't fucking around on Christmas Eve. So yeah. we're going to have to figure something out. We might get a little versatile on this week, guys. I don't know. But in the meantime, we kept the streak alive. We've had a show every single week since June of 2019. That streak might be in jeopardy this week. I'm not sure yet. But I hope you guys enjoyed this show, man. We've had an absolute blast covering these last three divisional games that the Chiefs decided to go ahead and dominate. We appreciate that. It's been a lot more fun talking about Chiefs wins as opposed to losses in the beginning of the season. That was really rough to get through. I've had some rough takes like my guy Mark Gunnels called out, (laughs) deservingly so. And I'll stand by him because that's how the Chiefs were playing. And now they're playing like the team – we know that would be, which is, to me, the best team in the NFL and the future Super Bowl champions of this season. So for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for the great Mark Gunnels from Mark My Words podcast in L.A., for the great Clay Wendler that puts all this bad stuff together that we call content, I'm Lance Twidwell of The Spoken Podcast. Episode 147 is done, finished, and finito. Until and so we hopefully see you guys next week, have an awesome holiday season. Merry Christmas to everybody that celebrates it. We out of this bitch. We're gonna get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya.
3: You are tuned into the spoken.
1: I might actually stick. I might
3: actually stick around for a little bit.